Anybody hear that phenomena is shutting down the indie studio with Robin Hunick? I did. Uh, I did see that. So those stories that... from last week clearly are are making an impact already. Mm-hmm. Are they one of the studios we talked about? Yeah, with Robin Hunick. Yeah, the last one we talked about, or before Moon Studios. And it was our hard hitting journalism that finally dealt oh, the killing blow. Totally. It seems like at GDC they were scrambling for investors, but it doesn't sound like that's going to pull through. Those people are fine better. Like I said, uh, wait, what game do they make? Oh, they made Watam. You know I'm that. sorry? Watam. <laughs> are you speaking Japanese? You, you know the spiritual successor to Katamari that came out a couple of years ago? What's Katamari? You don't know Katamari. That's oh, wait, wait. Know. Isn't that the one where you spin the fucking ball and it's like... Yeah, that's Katamari. I've never played Katamari, but I gotta say I've never understood the appeal of it. I love it. I love it. It's it's a very short game. It's like a four-hour game, but it's it's a lot of fun of just like rolling around. You just making a bigger ball and just like collecting what you can and just getting bigger and just destroying things. And finally, once you're big enough to take out this building, you've been running around and just as you scale up, it's, it's, it's fun for the time that you get to play. And the soundtrack is top tier. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I see the satisfaction in, uh, making a ball bigger. (laughs) I see the fun in that to some extent, but I don't know. It's a it's one of my blind spots, a real blind spot for me. It's a cult classic to say the least. Like I don't it's certainly not something I think everybody would grab onto, but wait a minute. It's what? it's a very quirky Japanese game. Peter, what are you perplexed by? Hang on. I have to make sure that what I'm seeing is real. Stand by. Is this PlayStation related? Oh shit. Stand by. Oh shit, I'm standing. Guys, with Simmer, I mean, it's. Stand by! God of War Ragnarok has been delayed to 2023, please. I mean, if. If this is it, this is it. Okay. Like, oh. Okay. Uh, hello and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Owen oh, Shannon. Jesus. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. Hello. Hi! And. The prodigal son, Mark Gorski. How are you? I'm feeling pretty prodigal. Apparently, I'm a very important boy right now. Yes, yes. Uh, Peter, what are you doing to us right now? I'm reading from a few hours ago. A lot of sources. No, none of the big outlets. But I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter saying sources net ease to acquire 100% of Quantic Dream. Um. Okay. That's. Not that big of a deal. Uh, our, no, it's not. Our boy, David Cage, that uh, we wholeheartedly endorsed last episode. Um, He's getting, getting that acquired. sweet, sweet Chinese money. Yes. Um, the CCP and David Cage, a match made in heaven. Yes, for sure. That, they um, deserve each other. Does that's that a weird game for like China to try to go after? Like that's just not that kind of market with the stuff that they do. Like why why would they do that? I honestly I don't even know if they're going to be able to make that Star Wars game. Who know who knows how they got that contract? It seems like they're just never going to be able to hire anyone. 
You can have NetEase pour billions of dollars into them. It's not going to make anyone want to work for you when you're all sh- like just a horrible management. Exactly. And I don't foresee any world where David Cage like steps aside. No. And now again, I, I, I was I, when I was reading that I wasn't going like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because if that's the big final drop of news that make that I, one that's not really that. I mean, it's big, but it's not PlayStation centric, really. It would have been like 10 years ago. And also, that's not worth throwing your hands up and going, all right, everyone, hold off on game announcements. We have massive news coming. So that's just I mean, I could see that probably being announced in the next couple of days. But really, if Quantic Dream burned tomorrow. No one on this podcast will shed a tear. I mean, if they if they quite literally burned. Obviously, I'm not talking if the building is engulfed in real life flames, Owen. I, I mean, I'm not going to go like, well, I didn't like Beyond Two Souls, so I hope they don't have insurance. It's possible some employees there might might be okay people. It is possible. Although they, they would be under David Cage, so who knows... Who knows what character judgments we can make about them. But I uh, want to address that at the top here. The format change that we've been doing. Going to get a little bit of a shakeup today. Not too much though. Because this episode is going to be all about PlayStation. And some of the news that has been coming out. But as the first conversation point here. Before what we've been playing. There's rumors before recording here that there's another big PlayStation announcement coming and we can't push our recording time because it's just not something we have the flexibility to do. So it's possible this could be outdated, but let's open the floor. Let's speculate. What, what do we think is going to happen here? Peter? Well, what, I like, hope to- why is all this hype getting made up about, uh, I mean, nothing so far. No no rumors, even. I have no idea. Because I'm, let's, let's think of things that could it could possibly be. PlayStation VR 2 information, that's not opening the earth. Like, that's not going to shake the ground beneath our feet. New game, like a new first-party game, why on earth would you announce it on Twitter at 10 a.m.? And what game could you possibly be announcing like I like again, we talk about it as much as we talk about it a lot. I love Sly Cooper very much. Sly Cooper is a new Sly Cooper is not a shake the earth announcement. Sadly, it's just not. It's just not the case. So, I. And then they already announced the PlayStation Plus and PS Now combination, which obviously we'll talk about later in this episode. So that's already out of the way. But if there's more PlayStation-centric news dropping that is of a seismic activity, naturally, my mind goes to acquisitions, but as of now, it doesn't make sense to me since they announced Haven last week and acquisitions and purchases of that sort have almost never leaked. Never. The only one that did was Bluepoint because PlayStation accidentally leaked it themselves. No one leaked Bungie. No one leaked Activision. No one leaked all the studios Microsoft bought. Like, already the ones PlayStation bought. So if it's an acquisition, I just want to know why this was the one that so many, quote-unquote, so many people 
discovered before I end. Obviously, a lot of these people who are saying, oh, this is what I heard of rumors. Big news, big news. They're just clout chasers on Twitter. They don't actually know shit. They're just seeing credible people warning of I, a PlayStation iceberg ahead and just saying, oh, I also know of the iceberg and I might know what the iceberg is made out of. So there's just a bunch of babies who don't really know what they're talking about. But there's credible people going like, hey, be on the lookout this week. Some uh, big shit. What if, like, if it's an acquisition, uh, I could either seeing it be like, if it's like really gargantuan, just like if it's really the day has come, Sony's going to buy something like Square Enix. That's what I think. Deep down, that's what I think it is. If it really, go ahead. The only reason I feel like that maybe is leaking is because if you look at a lot of these acquisitions, they're all happening like kind of within the state. So maybe it's a lot closer. Maybe an international exchange like that. Maybe the channels aren't as secure. But, uh, Although the, I think PlayStation might have moved their headquarters. PlayStation's still a Japanese studio. Yes, they moved their headquarters to, I believe, the UK, but they are still a Japanese company. Okay. Well, they've got like PlayStation specifically headquarters is in the UK, not California. Oh, shit. I, well, with Herman Holtz getting... I'm going to look into this. Yeah. Well, well, I I don't know if it would be something like Square Enix if that's too big because that just sounds too crazy. That's like red alert. That's but also like the games industry really is going down this. I'm I'm, buying thing that that is kind of red alert. But I'm looking at a lot of their upcoming games and okay, it's in California. Somewhat surprisingly, uh, like that Diofield Chronicle game is announced for Xbox. Uh, Star Ocean: The Divine Force is announced announced for xbox but in general square is like very much in bed with playstation and i mean but i would say they're almost equally in bed with nintendo equally not i would say not even close i i i'm calling a bullshit on you there um I, seeing as I final fantasy is playstation exclusive this valkyrie okay. game is playstation not equally perhaps i'd say it's like a 60 40 well 60 playstation nintendo Nintendo 40 no with nintendo they've gotten like two special games from square they got octopath and they got triangle strategy what else is there um i think i think there's a couple others that i couldn't name off the top of my head but the one thing that i feel like over the the past generation with the Switch, we see a lot more of what seems like Square Enix being closer to Nintendo, when in reality it's just Japanese games do really well on handheld devices, and the Switch it's not like like 3DS has always seen a lot of Square support. It wasn't like the Wii. It wasn't the Wii U. I think that was getting a lot of that Square love. It's just the portability of it all, and now the Switch is just that place. And maybe the it seems like the lines are blurring. Where it's like, oh, they just love Nintendo. Where no, that's really the reason. But I don't even know if set Final Fantasy VII Remake is still or playable on Xbox. Like, I don't think a port exists. I could be wrong. I know they brought it to PC, I think. They brought it either to they Xbox brought it, or PC. They brought it to PC, not Xbox. Okay, yeah. Um, and I know that's something Sony really cares about is is Final Fantasy, because that is so integral, I think, to the PlayStation brand. Or at least way back in the day it was. I don't know about now. I feel like 14 kind of screams what the 14s or what uh, Final Fantasy is right now. Uh, maybe just some nostalgia as well, but like I don't see any, I don't see too many people talking about Final Fantasy 16, even though that's a game that's 
maybe coming next year on the horizon. Definitely but not also, this year, I don't think. keep in mind, 14 is uh, it's also on PlayStation. They have the That's only true. console version. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man, I again, what do I really think if this announcement is the of the seismic gravitude that people were hinting at it is i think it is them the playstation is bought a publisher and that scares me because that's exactly what i don't want to happen except for one that we've talked about on this podcast uh konami konami if tomorrow they come out and they say look and i i just don't think it's konami though because of all the other branches and industries that konami is a part of but <laughs> Konami's the only other... Capcom, Square, and Konami are the ones to come to mind. But Square, Capcom... Well, Capcom, as we talked about before, again, I'll be brief because we've said it before, Capcom's doing really well right now. I don't know why the hell they need to be purchased to do it just fine. Let them be third party. Konami, please save those franchises from Konami. They're, they just want to make pachinko machines, and I'm pretty sure they also make, like washer and dryers and refrigerators or some shit they make home appliances they and like they make gym equipment konami is really weird i mean it it would be awesome if somehow they bought the game division or like but i believe that but i just yeah i don't i don't think it will either and i mean you kind of laid it all out peter but what could be this seismic thing that everyone is implying and the only the only thing I could kind of see but it's not seismic would be if like Shadow Dropped was a big gameplay showcase for like the Last of Us Factions or something like that's a fairly big deal but why Shadow Drop something like that I'm obviously not coming to you because you're right that could happen but I'm just looking at Playstation and going I understand that Random tweet at uh, random tweets for the new marketing strategy, but full blown like let's say a state of play for God of War Ragnarok randomly dropped at 10 a.m. tomorrow. What the fuck are you doing? That's your biggest game, especially now that Breath of the Wild two got delayed. You're not gonna have to have Ragnarok fight for that come the fall. So that's now your real estate to do with as you please. What I I. I don't know if it's not like a big publisher or developer acquisition. I think it has to be people just bullshitting or overblowing it. But there's a lot. There's I don't say a lot, but again, like Greg Miller and a couple other people were hinting at these sorts of things that don't that aren't in the quote unquote insider trade or insider business. So they have no reason to be doing these things, which is why I just can't let this thought in my head die. I think maybe like if it's not that seismic thing, like, like realistically, I think it could be something like a platinum games gets bought. And that's like the company we've even talked about before. That's I feel like has been prepping to sell to some degree. They're not making the games they want to be making. I think they'd fit well on PlayStation. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'd be okay with, I'd be okay if Nintendo or PlayStation bought platinum, honest mm-hmm. to God. For their sake specifically. Yeah. Um, I would be okay with that. I, I would be I, I wouldn't be super shocked. No, I would be shocked if it's like the HBO Last of Us gets a trailer. That's what shows up. Like that's not that that is kind of a big deal, but not seismic. I mean, I'm curious to see what that show is going to be, but a lot of people will be disappointed if that's what everyone's like building up. That that I would be think, massively disappointing. I don't think kind of funny would delay. Like, there's a reason why they are specific. They delayed it 
they delayed PS I Love You recording to Thursday afternoon. Most gaming news happens in the morning to early afternoon. If you're going to record at like 5 p, obviously be like, yeah, 5 p.m. Eastern for them would be too. But if you're going to record it that later in the day, it means all the news of the day will have already been announced. And I just feel like that's such a specific time frame for Kind of Funny to aim to record that Greg knows that by that time, everything they can and will need to talk about will already be in the air. But just. I, I could also just read it as like, okay, they don't know when in the week it's going to happen. They don't want to put it out on Friday because that's the end of the week. So they'll wait till midday Thursday to get it out. And that's that's as late as they can wait for something to happen that they think maybe could happen. That's maybe how I read that. I mean, that's definitely a fair point. Because if they know that the subscriptions are like, like, like Spartacus was this week. And if something else is coming, it's like, okay, we know Spartacus is coming. And... Uh, something else maybe happens too. So we'll give it till Thursday if that thing maybe does happen. And at the very least, we'll have Spartacus to talk about. I, uh, it bums me out that the only thing we can think of for like what would be this seismic thing would be an acquisition. And I'm trying to. Tells you where we're at now, doesn't it? It's depressing. Yeah. It is. I'm trying to think through like. Is there some way they could have like a a future roadmap thing that just blows us all away? But it's like that doesn't make it much sense. And if they wanted to do like a PlayStation showcase thing, they would have announced announce that. it. Like the PlayStation Five showcases, whenever like because they usually announce those like a week in advance. You'll see them in commercials of football games or basketball games you'll see them on twitch like all right playstation 5 showcase to this day this day they hype those up to general audiences not just the gaming community and they're not going to just fucking drop that be like all right it's 10 a.m come back here in three hours we have the next playstation 5 showcase ahead of you like they wouldn't do that and we know uh no i we can save some of this for later, but like we know for the most part what Naughty Dog is up to. They're they're the main studio that could really make a wave with one of their announcements if they announced the like next IP they're working on. But that that would be a shocking thing to just come out of nowhere, especially since we know they're working on factions. So I don't know. Do you think we maybe like speaking of games? The only thing I think of is, do we get a release date for Ragnarok? Is it this year, actually? Could that be a I thing? hope it's my number one pick on yeah, the league. Good. I hope it's this year. I hope not, personally, but that's just me for no other reason, probably, than the, the league. That's honestly. the last game on the league that I think can stand toe-to-toe with Elder Ring. Now the Breath of the Wild 2 is gone. Yeah, Maybe. it absolutely is. But... um. um uh, the only other thing I can think of is... Me, like I, I think it's too soon for this. But considering that people are still struggling to find a PS5 right now, maybe a new place, no, me, yeah, maybe a new model of PlayStation 5 is released and it's easier to produce uh, right now, and they can actually put that on shelves. There, does it replace the models? I don't know, but that's possible. I did scroll past an article a few days ago about like a reported PS5 Pro, and I just said to my phone, no. "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, if if there are any plans, because I, I know I get consoles are always made like years in advance, but why would they use any components for a PS5 Pro when they can barely get components for the base PS5? 
Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. They're going to ask people to pay more for a product they already can't find. Like a pro right now, like finding like like Sony challenging themselves to find powerful hardware right now is just shooting themselves in the foot when they can already su- like hardly supply it right now. So a slim that I don't know if it would be maybe less powerful or just, you know, maybe uses something different uh, that makes it easier. Some parts that are replaceable, uh, comparable to what their other models are that just makes it easier to keep it on shelves, maybe even more affordable. That's a big deal. Like, that's something I feel like people would want to talk about, like, in addition to what's already been announced this week. To support that idea, I see Xbox, I now consistently see Xbox Series S at retailers and stores. It's very easy to get. Yes, the Xbox Series S is very easy. The X and any and either the digital or physical PlayStation 5 still fucking impossible. But the Series S, they're everywhere now. So if they were to make a PS5 Slim, I think that'd be a very smart idea for them to do. I mean, that it, that seems like also another kind of, I mean, pretty much impossible thing to, within a year and a half, have a brand new skew of a console just in reaction to the fact that uh, that supply is poor. I mean, that, also, that seems really difficult. And also, different types of consoles have leaked multiple times, and the gaming industry has never shied away from publicly talking about them beforehand. Why would everyone suddenly decide, all right, guys, the PS5 Slim. But also... Let's have, let's have some respect on okay? We can't talk about it until PlayStation's ready. I'm having a little bit of deja vu here with uh, some of the Switch Pro rumors and the way that those rumors would bubble up only for nothing to happen it's only a matter of time it's this year probably mark stop it it's mark. gotta be this, this is gotta I, be will, I will refute owen in that no one's when was the last time people were like massive a uh, confirmed massive news week for playstation and then nothing the switch pro was every other fucking month Owen, you weren't there you didn't suffer you weren't in the oh trenches. no i was there i i listened but yeah, i listened to jeff grubb come on podcast and be like within a day or two it's coming and he was wrong well, with this news, Jeff Grubb has said, I only knew about Spartacus. If there's anything else, I have no idea. So, fuck. But again, if- I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't think it's going to be earth-shaking, but if it is earth-shaking, I fear it's only like a, a Square Enix purchase. Okay. If it... Yeah, let's uh, just let's finalize it. Uh, first, first final question on this topic. Uh... What do we think is going to happen? I'm going to lock it in. I think nothing happens. I I want to say I also nothing happens. Honestly, like like if I don't think anything will happen, but if something does happen, I think it's something as small as like a Last of Us HBO reveal, a maybe a new model of PlayStation. And I really don't think it'll be an acquisition, but Mark, you're picking four or five things. Pick one I thing. Know, I know. I'm, I'm. I'm. I just don't think anything will happen. I don't think anything will happen. I think something. I something's going to happen. I think that is concrete. Something will happen. If it is as big as everyone says, I say everyone is. If it's as big as those hinting at it, ends up being if you know this seismic event, a publisher has been purchased. And I'm probably sad. 
I'm what leaning if, towards Swernix, and I'm not happy about it. What if they buy Valve? Imagine. That would be genuinely impossible. Valve is probably more valuable than Sony as a whole. Maybe so. Huh? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be maybe surprised if that were to be true, but I don't think it's... Uh, I'm so, not going to definitively refute it, but that's a claim I can't positively just nod my head to. I'm going to just use Google real quick. Um, very wrong. Uh, yeah, I Valve was last valued in 2019 at 10 billion, and Sony has a market 16? cap of 131.14 <laughs> billion. What the fuck am I talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, think about it. They did just put, like, Horizon and God of War on there. Like, they're buddy-buddies, basically, already. Mark, yeah. knock it off. Stop wishing for this nightmare what that you're trying really to just, on us. What if it's really just Bloodborne's finally coming to PC? That's it. That's I all of it. People would freak the fuck out for that because of yeah. how much of a cult Bloodborne is. So, for me, it's if... A mass something is happening. If it's big, as big as everyone says, a publisher has been bought, leaning towards Square Enix. I am sad. If it is a letdown and not nearly as big, it's a PlayStation VR two release date and maybe a first party game along with it. Um, and my next final question for this is, what would we want news to be? Uh, I'll go first again. I would love. A reveal of Last of Us Factions along with a reveal that it would be coming this year. That would be wonderful. I would love to see them just take the Castlevania and Metal Gear IPs from Konami. Like not even the full purchase, like they just have the they just own the IP. That's what they buy. You you can take they can take Silent Hill too. That too, that's Silent course. Hill kids. Yeah. I forget about it sometimes, but that would be a good one no, for Konami. Let it die. Let Silent Hill die. I can we take, can we say Bomberman? Hold on, they just spent a lot of money. They got Metal Gear. Bomberman can wait. Contra can die. We don't need Contra back. Contra can stay, especially after that attempt they made on Switch a couple years ago, and just Jesus Christ. And then what I want it to be? Easy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Do we even? PlayStation buys Lucid Games. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> this is mine. That's my It would be objectively funny to see like basically the world gaslight me and Mark if that was the news and everyone was talking about like how massive a yeah. move it is. Yeah, no, I put that down. That is mine. What I hope it is. I hope PlayStation buys Lucid Games. That is mine. I think an honorable mention would go out to PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. I would get genuinely excited for that. I would be too. Like, that's the way they could really, like, shake me and, like, make me really excited for something to happen. I would also be excited for that, for the record. PlayStation All-Stars, we just copied. That's the title of the game. That doesn't sound like a great title to me. That sounds pretty it's bad. It's better than PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. No, I mean, no, no. Fortnite no. named itself like Fortnite Battle Royale on paper. Maybe we would have thought that's a silly name at the time if we were really like paying attention to Fortnite. But look at us now. Just call it Super Smash PlayStation Brothers. I don't there know. There you go. I PlayStation All-Stars no, Legends. No All-Stars. No All-Stars. Get rid of that. Get rid of it. It's a bad... Go ahead. 
they take the Madden approach, or like they have the series named after John Madden, but it's like Mark Cerny's like buddies or something. Like Mark Cerny's like fighting pals. Cerny, twenty twenty two. Yeah, Mark Cerny Underground Underground Fight Club, twenty twenty two. And instead of having like a master hand, instead of like the polygon guy that they had, just Mark Cerny's the final boss every time around. You can't beat him because he's too powerful. He mm-hmm. loses every time. He offers you unlimited power at the end of the game, and you can accept it. Or you can refuse. For it. some reason, Astrobot is only a trophy in the game and not an actual fighter. Mm-hmm. Fans are living. And okay, now okay, that's my second. We're not going to do second, third, fourth. If it's not Lucia Games being bought, which it has to be, but announced PlayStation Two. No, don't do that. Actually, because I wanted to get a PlayStation Five showcase announcement, the weight and respect it deserves, and not just to be shat out. At 10 a.m. on Twitter on a Thursday morning. Well, do lose two games. No, I think, I think it would be a perfectly fine reveal for a PlayStation All Stars two because, uh, the the one thing I disagree with here is a solo announcement does not need like a an invitation to watch said announcement. Like that can just happen out of nowhere and it's fine because no no, no i don't i don't want like uh i'm okay with the lead up to showcases but like it doesn't need to be like uh everyone in one week we are revealing playstation all-stars 2 like no that- say playstation all-stars 2 say we have a playstation 5 showcase and they'll just do PlayStation All Stars too. Do the entire do a bunch of fucking games that includes PlayStation All Stars. It deserves its own weight and respect. Look at how well Super Smash Brothers Ultimate sells. Look at how popular. Also, PlayStation All Stars came out for a console that at the time was the least popular playstation console you are now going to put it on playstation 5 you've made so many more franchises since all-stars you've seen that method be done better better than it was before with ultimate you've learned from your mistakes you've tried it again you got so close with superbot entertainment making the game they just fucked up with the supers and some really goddamn weird roster choices just full-blown copy smash have a better roster have a better story mode and then you're gonna sell millions and millions of copies mark my words mark my fucking words if they cop if playstation all-stars copy smash more and has more money put into it you are going to see that that sequel do gangbusters do you think it would also launch on ps4 yes i think so too I think so. Um, And I I think that would actually be a smart move. Um, Mark, this is the real final question before we end this portion of the topic. Oh, no. Oh, geez. What game do you think a theoretical PlayStation All-Stars 2 could get you to play? I think it'd get me to play the Horizon games. They'll get me to play the Horizon games, honestly. I'll go back and finish them. That's a... like that's maybe the easy answer, but like I don't think they could get me to play Killzone. They didn't work last time. It won't work again. I'm not. I going mean, to... I like Radic in PlayStation All Stars because he was annoying and campy. I also thought he sounded cool through his helmet, but I mm-hmm. I never wanted to play Killzone. Like I just, I've just known if a PlayStation All Stars two comes out, I will be that much more tempted to play the Horizon games. 
Mark, one day we should do like a roster hope for a PlayStation All-Stars 2, you know? I mean, next week, if this is like the real deal, this is actually what happens, like we could talk about that. Uh, my wh- number one, I'll just say it right now, my number one wanted PlayStation kit, Dr. Nefarious. That's who I want right now. He's my number one. I'll take Jack back. That's really what I just want. Keep Jack. Just keep Jack. Yeah. My, I have a very, Owen, allow Mark and I 30 seconds and then we'll move on to okay. playing. My last final question is in the scenario if there is a PlayStation All-Stars 2. Mark, who do you want to develop it? Because Superbot Entertainment is long dead. Yeah, that's just, I mean, do, would we want them to make the next one again at this point? I mean, they don't exist anymore. And think about it. PlayStation bought Evo. Evo is now run by PlayStation. Mm-hmm. What better way to advertise a PlayStation All-Stars 2 than have it be one of the headliners on Sunday? Hey, Smash is no longer there. Nintendo said no. Hey, instead of that platformer fighter made by Nintendo, we have a top eight on Sunday of a platformer game of PlayStation characters. There you go. That's perfect fucking advertising right there. Oh my Honestly, god, that's a genius idea. What I would do is just like, hey, Bandai Namco, you made Smash Ultimate, make PlayStation Ultimate. Yeah. You actually just no, honestly, you're probably Bandai right. Namco to do that. Like that's the best fight mindset, honestly. Okay. Or yeah, uh, try and poach um the studio that made the Nickelodeon game, and don't let them work alone. Team them with a team that knows how to put love and care into things like a team of Sobe. And uh, the Nickelodeon team has shown that they can make a competent fighting game. If team of Sobe could help with the presentation of everything, I feel like that would be a good pairing. It sounds like with the Nickelodeon uh, studio, I don't know what their name is, but it was more so like they just couldn't afford to put that care and love in. Yeah. Like, they didn't have the budget to do that. Like, I think a lot of costumes have come to that game since, and I think, I, I'm not in the loop on that game, but I think voice acting is coming to that game, or... Two characters have come out since. Shredder, and I don't know who the other one is, but two it was characters... Garfield. Oh, yeah, it was Garfield and Shredder. There was a, almost a story going around that was fake, is that you literally could not play Garfield on Mondays. Uh, that was flying around when he was DLC, and people were believing it as fact, but it was not the case. That would actually be, like, incredible, even though if you're, like, a big fan of that game, it just would be annoying. But it would be amazing at the same time. I mean, imagine you're running a bracket, and it's, like, a three-day event, but the tournament grand finals is on Monday. You're a Garfield main. What do you do? It's over. That's a great question. I have no idea. (laughs) Mark, I'm going to now make, like, my top ten wanted characters for a PlayStation All-Star. I would get genuinely excited. We, we, we have taken uh, this this idea of what could an announcement be, and now we we are actually creating a theoretical PlayStation All-Stars. I mean, it's better than like, oh, fucking PlayStation VR 2 coming out. I can't I, get excited. Uh. I, I will get PSVR 2 when they launch. If that's what they're here to talk about, I'm here for it. But if they do somehow announce this PlayStation All-Star 2, next week we're drafting the roster. Oh my I god, yeah. Oh my god. Mark, I'm so excited. It's not gonna happen. We're never gonna <laughs> get to record this fucking episode. But I'm so excited at the idea. I'm Obviously Astro would be up there, but you know, he's already gonna be at the game, so of course I want to <laughs> I have to stop. Okay. Well, here's the thing. If we get let down by whatever does or does not happen, we can rest assured that Sonic uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is going to come out next week. It's theaters. getting great reviews. Yes. Great reviews. 
It's gonna. I'm. I'm ready to call it the perfect movie or perfect cinema at this point. <laughs> I might join you. I might join you. Arms locked. We're cinema fans next week. We'll be. And, we'll be and just like classic gamers, you guys are anointing it that before you've even seen it. Yep. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to commit to this. Movie. It's, it's getting, all I think about right now. It's getting much better reviews than the first one, and it's. It gets weird. Like we're watching Sonic. It's going to become a movie franchise before mm-hmm. our eyes, and it's the fucking review- crazy. And his, like, they're building a cinematic universe. That the reviews are saying, stay oh. tuned to the post-credit scene. So I'm just, I'm ready here for. Oh, wait, let's talk about this right now. Let's talk about this right now. You don't have to say anything. I don't care. What we have to say, Mark. Let's predict what is the post-credit scene in Sonic the Hedgehog two. It's Metal Sonic. I promise you, it's Metal Sonic. You think so? If I you think. know for a fact, if it's because I, I th- Metal- right now, Sonic the Hedgehog two is capturing Sonic three and Knuckles. Like they went. But they said. The director came out and said they are not going to be doing chronological order in the games. I mean, they're I, not going to be. Doing they, that. they probably won't. And I think maybe they go to Sonic Adventure one or two. Like eventually they'll hit Shadow, right? Like maybe they do Sonic Adventure one. I don't know. Maybe they'll skip that one. But I think Metal Sonic is big enough they get a movie out of that. People like you're Metal saying. Sonic. You think Metal Sonic is the tease? Yes, I think it is. I'm saying Shadow because oh, Shadow is. The second most popular Sonic character behind Sonic, they now realize that they have a franchise on their hands, and they have one fun movie, and then another one that's apparently even better. Knuckles again a TV show. They're putting work and love into this. Mm-hmm. I have an extra. I have a hope for Shadow. I hope Jason Griffith voices him again. Oh my gosh! I. If it's Shadow, I like I'm going to play Sonic Generation. I thought Jason Griffin was the best Sonic and the best Shadow, honestly. I think Shadow's current voice actor, I know him, I don't know his name, but I've heard him in a lot of stuff. I think he's a great voice actor. I think he's terrible for Shadow the Hedgehog. I don't think it fits at all. Roger Craig Smith, I like as a voice actor, but I just don't, I've never bought, I know he's obviously it's different in the movies, but I've never really bought Roger Craig Smith. And so far, I forget the name of the guy who does movies. I like him as Sonic. I want Shadow to not sound like a... like Shadow is an a inherently edgy character. We get this. But I don't want a voice actor who just... Like, Shadow's core voice actor. He just has such a way about his performance of just like, Oh, I'm edgy. That's all I am. That's my number one focus. I don't care. Like, no. Have that be in the background. Have that be a seamless part of the of the voice acting, don't have that be the forefront of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I I haven't played too many Sonic games. I don't think I played any Sonic games, honestly, with that voice actor for sure. I haven't either, but I've heard him. Yeah, but like, did Jason Griffith do Sonic Adventure Two and like Shadow the Hedgehog in Sonic 06? Because I know Jason Sonic Griffith didn't do Sonic Adventure Two. He didn't. No, that wasn't Jason Griffith. Really? Wow. Yeah. Jason, oh, you're, right, you're right. You're right. It isn't him. That's yeah, right. Uh, I forget the exact. Uh, yeah, Owen. How, uh, how do you Owen? think um, Sonic Three could possibly reckon with a post Will Smith slap world? Don't cast Will Smith. There you go. He's yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think you guys are underestimating the the cultural shift that this will all cause. I think it'll be less violent. You know, it's a bit too yeah. Much. There's, there was a PG rating that they had, but they thought we can't we can't bring these kids to violence. So now we're dumbing <laughs> it down the G. Um, every movie that comes out from now on releases a statement that they don't condone violence before the release of it, and <laughs> that precedent will begin with Sonic Three. 
So before, yeah, Mark, you're saying Metal Sonic. I'm saying Shadow. Okay, mm-hmm. lock it in. We have a lot of predictions in the first half of this episode. My prediction yeah, is that has to play a Sonic game. they're going Losers to make to they're going to make a big jump that's going to catch everyone off guard, and it's somehow going to be like a Sonic Unleashed teaser. Oh, Owen coming in with a big bu- mark. I like this. I like where he's going. What if the possibilities are endless, Owen? You just hey, don't box. Like, what if we got a Sonic Unleashed that was at- Mark? There is that Sonic Unleashed teaser trailer where Sonic's just whistling. He's flipping the ring around, then he flicks the ring in the air. All of a sudden, he starts like screaming and making noises and it's like the, all the lights get turned off and it goes dark and it's like this is actually kind of creepy and then this massive monster hand comes out of nowhere and slams the ring into the ground with a massive growl and a roar and it's like oh and then it walks away after like destroying the ring and it's like wow this is this is some really creepy vibes i want a creepy sonic unleash i want one that's actually scary like that teaser had promised ever since we were kids. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was just a very different tone than what Sonic was. And then it led up to that part of the game being the worst part of the game. No one wanted yep. to play as the werehog. It's, it's and it wasn't game. creepy or scary at all. It was just a furry Sonic. And it was really annoying and really like, not great game design. And it made me sad. But I where? think people should have tempered their expectations. Like there was no way like in reality, like it was going to be like a creepy Sonic problem game. With, I, car, the Cars 3 teaser, Sonic Unleashed teaser, Frozen <laughs> 2 teaser. You're going to, These fucking babies. If you're going to hint at a darker story, I'm not asking for an X-rated film or anything overly extreme like that. But if you're going to hint at legitimately darker tones for your entertainment, follow up on it. Mm-hmm. Because you try to trick people into seats or holding controllers with these darker tones in the advertising, and then you never fucking follow up with it, and it makes me mad every single time. What have we been playing? Shout out to Dead Island on this category, right? And then it's it's hoodoo your voodoo, bitch, and I'm just sitting here going, what are we doing? Are you going to see Sonic 2 next week, Peter? That's the last thing I want to talk about. I haven't bought a ticket, but I'm going to. I'm probably going to go alone, but I'm going to go see it. Okay. Go go soon Where before you get spoiled for Sonic. Next Thursday is they're doing midnight screening. So I'm gonna, I'm um, gonna try to go next Thursday. I'm I'm trying to see uh if the first one is available anywhere because I think Paramount it's Plus. It's on maybe? Paramount and I have Paramount Plus, which I I might actually be talking about later. Um so maybe I'll watch it. Uh, Mark, do you, do you think you're going to win that sweepstakes from Xbox? I damn, I hope so. Cause I can't wait to sweat on that controller and just ruin it in a year. I, I can't uh, wait to bring into our home. I got a good laugh when at like 2 AM, I saw you responding to the Xbox account with like the hashtag Sonic two sweepstakes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to use the hashtag or else you can't actually qualify. So that's why I had to do it. And I, I gave you a like, so I hope the engagement really makes you stand out from the rest. Mm-hmm. But I got um, a smile, at least, when you <laughs> liked it. Um, I know I know. we just started with PlayStation, but that, that was all speculation. We're going to get to more PlayStation later. Let's get into what we've been playing the past week. Um, 
I think mine might be the least exciting, even though I have no idea what Mark is up to. So I think I'm just going to run through mine real quick. Uh, Game-wise, Elden Ring, I managed to get a couple uh, longer sessions in this past week, which was good. I Before getting on this recording, I defeated the boss of the Royal Capital to let people know where I'm at. I'm a little under 50 hours at this point. Um, Sifu. I... I'm still working on the nightclub level, which is the second level. I have not played a ton of it, but I also played some of that today. And I actually made a breakthrough where, uh, I mean, I came in all high and mighty last episode. Like, I don't know what people are talking about with this game being difficult. Um, There is an increase. I'm not looking at the game as if it's like impossible, but I was kind of getting the sense that like, I definitely feel like I'm missing something here because I'm getting my ass kicked and I don't really see the way in which I won't get my ass kicked. The last time I attempted the boss of the nightclub, I realized that way. I realized that there is both a like a dodge that allows you to just kind of like backstep, which I knew about. That's why I've been using. But there's also kind of like a stand in place dodge that is actually like really easy to execute. And I feel like that's the X factor. And I figured that out. So um, that should help me make progress. But I, it's very much a supplementary game for me right now with Elden Ring. Um, you know, every once in a while, I, I feel like I have to acknowledge when I fall into one of these holes. I've played more NBA 2K22 than I'm happy to admit. Uh, it's just... Sometimes you get in those modes where it's like, uh, I only have like an hour 15 before I have to do something else. I don't want to start playing Elden Ring and then like not really get anywhere. Or admittedly, there's some of the even worse days where it's like, I just rot on the couch and I just mindlessly play 2K. Just nothing going on in my brain the entire time. I'm, I'm hardly even paying attention to the game. It's just playing in front of me. And that was kind of this past weekend. Um, and the last thing I want to run through is uh, I watched the first episode of the Halo show oh. on Paramount Plus. And my initial reaction was like, no, oh, this is fine. Like, I'm seeing Master Chief kill things. That's, that's like, cool enough. And I, I actually, I really like the armor in the show and i don't really have anything sci-fi going on in my life right now and i was kind of thinking like yeah like maybe this can be my sci-fi thing um i like sci-fi now and then and the more i think on it i'm definitely going to keep watching for now but uh i have a lot of problems with it um I, I don't know if anyone is shy about spoilers here for episode one, but I don't plan to watch it. Yeah, me neither. Um, episode one sees chief already defecting from the UNSC. Holy shit. And going off with this child that they saved from a settlement. And now it's going to be a classic, like, old grizzled man on the run with a kid story where have we heard that before 
Um, and uh, he's already taken off his helmet. He talks like Kylo Ren, which is a massive disappointment. Um, I mean, th- this show, they said that they didn't pay attention to the games, and you can tell because I would love for it doesn't even need to be like the voice of Steve Downs, even though that voice is iconic. It would be nice to have kind of an attempt to sound more like that and get an occasional like one liner in there, like like from Halo Infinite with uh the missions change they always do. Like that line, does it mean that much story wise? No, not really, but like it's an awesome line. Um instead this Master Chief is just like no survivors, silver team out. It's like my God way to just like rip all of the character out of master chief, even though not that much character existed to begin with. Um, so that definitely has me disappointed. They're also alluding to like him finding out that he had a family and that he was like, uh, institutionalized into the UNSC and forced to become a super soldier. It's like they're, they're taking all these routes like from the jump that just seem to have like no real basis. Like the, this is a storyline that could be authentic to Master Chief, but I mean, pulling all, out all the stops in episode one is just a mistake to me. But uh, the action scenes I thought were pretty cool. Hopefully they continue to be cool and there's not like a clear like loss of budget um, later on. But I'm going to keep watching. I hope it's reasonably worthwhile. Uh, but I have my doubts for sure. That's all my stuff. A- any questions? Any questions for me? Uh, anyone want to like- know about NBA 2K? <laughs> Like for Halo, at least, like I heard some people say, like at the very least, like the story isn't anything too cool, but it feels like Halo, like fits into the universe. Does that ring with you? Is that does that mean something to you? Um, episode one, it means nothing, uh, because the main thing that happens is that like you're in a settlement that thinks that the UNSC is going to attack, but then they get attacked by the Covenant, and no one seems to know what the Covenant is, at least not normal people. And then Spartans come in, and they fight, and that's a good fight. And then it's a lot of kind of like political stuff, like you meet Halsey and and uh, Miranda Keys, and they are talking about basically like... A, I don't know, like some different problems with the military industrial complex. Like uh, they're, they're trying to tackle like massive things right off the bat rather than actually establishing it in the halo universe, in my opinion. And I bet actually, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to bet this, but I'll be surprised if at any point this season, they are on a halo ring. It just seems to me like they, they just wanted the big soldier in the cool suit and they're just going to make a sci-fi show around that and call it halo. 
Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe book diehards are really happy. Well, we can talk to James. Maybe he thinks it was the best I'm episode sure of TV it. he's ever seen. <laughs> um, but may, maybe I'm not the guy to say whether it fits into the Halo universe, but nothing is ringing true with me yet. But we're only one episode mm-hmm. in. We can't, we can't yeah. make a full judgment on one episode. Yeah. Like I, I just care about that because I feel like video game adaptations have such a long history of not being that faithful. And like, even if it's not great, so long as it's faithful, it's really what I could really care about. Like me and Peter gushing about the Sonic movies, right? Like I, that's not a movie. It's for everyone. It's definitely like a family friendly movie, but I still think it's, it, it just captures my heart. Like I, I me too. That's a, it's not a movie I could recommend to everybody, but like I'll be there day one to see every Sonic movie at this from this point on. Even if one gets a review, I'll be there, and it's gonna make me so happy to see them. And I imagine that rings true to some or Halo fans would want that to ring true for this series, right? The I mean, you assume so. I I struggle to even surmise what would make a good Halo show. They're definitely trying to take inspiration from the Mandalorian, which might be a good model for a Halo show, maybe. Halo Reach could make a great show. I think it could. They could do it. I don't know about anything with Master Chief. But the thing is that like you can't make a Halo Reach show. You need you need Master Chief if you're gonna if you're gonna make the T V show. Um, I disagree with you. Well, well, maybe not the first show. Like, maybe you do a Halo Reach show later. You know, get Master Chief out there first. Like, do it like they're doing the the Game of Thrones prequel. You know, yeah, because that's gonna be a yeah, but oh, it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be there. I don't know if I'll be there to see it. I won't be. I uh, I don't think I'm gonna watch it either. Unless, I mean, I will get drawn in if it's like, oh my god, this is incredible again. Nope, I will watch it. When it ends, and if it's good, I will not fall for this a second time. No, I'm, if, if people say Game of Thrones is back, I'll watch it maybe like after two seasons, so I can like really dive into it. Nothing about this new show has me excited. That's for sure. I, mm-hmm. I mean, they we we don't have to have a whole recap of the ending of Game of Thrones, but I I've never felt like more betrayed. Yep. Than the ending of that show. I remember when the whole brand shit happens, I was texting you like live. You were so mad and I was exploding in laughter. I mean, it's it's genuinely, I think, the worst final season in television ever. I like, agree. Uh, and I I often think about the people that were like, oh, they, they were never going to be able to satisfy people. It's like, what did you just watch? Did you think this was good? Like, how could you possibly think this is good? I don't know. This is a gaming show, though. So uh, we should probably continue talking about games. Which one of you wants to uh, go next? Peter, I want to hear about Nier Automata. I've been dying to know. Tell me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. No lying. No lying? No lying. Mark, when I said I was at the end of, like, the city ruins last week, I was wrong. I was at the end of the desert area. I misunderstood. I didn't realize that they were two different complete areas. I just assumed they were the same thing. Okay. That's I was that's why I was kinda curious last time. I was like the city ruins. Like this Yeah. I was wrong on that. I misunderstood. Currently where I'm at now, I've done one or two missions 
at the Village of Friendly Machines. Oh yeah. You've How far am I? Yeah, yeah. I met. I'm, I just. Yeah, I. I met Pascal. I just had a boss fight in a ship or something. I and think I fought. you're like you're you're like you're more than half. You're half ish way done with ending A. I want to say. What was your What was your runtime at the end of your full near playthrough? I think like thirty hours. I want to say what? Maybe I'm wrong. I did a lot of side stuff. So. Okay, I was like, how many? I did almost all. How the many stuff. endings do I need to get? You need to get five. And uh, just for your sake, Holy Peter, shit. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down. How how oh much do God. you want me to break down the specifics of how this works? Because it's not it's not like replaying the game. Am I going to get the same first ending no matter what I do? The first ending is this is all five of these endings are scripted. You can only get them in like the same order you have to you can only go from a b B, D, E. that's it's not like you have to make different decisions it's not like undertale no it's it's this is a linear sequence of endings you have to go through okay it's it's, it's like you could argue it is it is not even worth saying different endings because it is not like you have to figure stuff out it, it is mm. you just keep playing the game you will go to all the endings and to make it easier, endings C and D, you get to a save state, and it is just like making one decision that is like yes or no to something. Or not yes or no, but there's two options. You have to just do one of them, do the other one, reload the save, and then you get ending A. Okay. So the last three are pretty tied together. I think the roughest part of the game is the road to ending B. I will. All right. Oh, and you want an honesty? Yes. Mark, I'm falling asleep playing this game. Okay. Like, and I, I understand how much this, ge- this game means to you, and that is why I'm going to do all these endings. I'll say it there since you guys keep trying to pin me down. I will okay. play the game as you intended because I keep thinking about, say, if I do end up winning the predictions game and you guys end up playing XCOM 2 War of the Chosen, I know how much I love the game. It's in my top 10 games of all time, and I want you guys to enjoy it. And if I knew if you guys were just like, oh, this game fucking sucks, I hate it, I'd be like, oh, darn it. I kick a rock down the road, I'd be sad. So I'm going to play this game. I'm going to try to keep getting like, the respect it deserves. I'm going to keep trying to have an optimistic look. It's making me tired in the same way FF7 Remake did, where I'm playing it for like an hour, hour and a half, and then I just start yawning. My eyes start, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. Something, whatever property that FF7 Remake has, that Nier Automaton also has, that just makes me physically tired. I don't know what it is about these games. For what it's I, worth, when I was playing Nier Automaton the first time, I didn't like the game until like like I actively disliked the game until I finished ending A. And then I was like, huh, I'm kinda curious. And then ending then Route B starts, and then I start wondering, like, okay, where are we going? Near is definitely about the journey. Right now, and like the playthrough A is setting stuff up. And then the rest of the game will start exploring with things you've already done and things you already know about like, what's happened. Right like, now. Think, oh go on. Lago. I was going to say, like, ending, like, the route A of Nier Automata 
can feel very basic and bland. Like not not a lot is happening, but then the other endings like construct on top of that and then go further. And it's all about kind of you're going to be asking yourself questions and just uh, making note of some things, things that are different. It's hoping to have you reconsider things that you've already experienced is a lot of the goal of the near games with the different quote unquote playthroughs. Uh, so there's there'll be more. I'm not expecting you to have any like substantial take on it until maybe further into the game. Like the the ending and at least until you're done with a like I'll, I'll ask for where you're at there right now. There's definitely some parts that I think are maybe a bit of a slog if you really don't enjoy this, uh, either the story, the characters, combat or, or you're not actively looking to do side quests. But at least Mark, I'm only doing one of those four things. You're like, I'm only enjoying the combat. You don't like to be. I don't like to be. She's just kind of mean and one dimensional so far. She's kind of mean to nine S doesn't really talk to him a lot. Nine S talks like an anime character. Uh, I don't really care about nine S or two B. Honestly, I don't honestly. No, I have to be. You guys, you want it. Honestly, I don't give a fuck about any single character in this game. Okay. I think maybe I, you're on the right track still. Like I'm hearing this and it's like, okay, they're not giving you a lot to bite off with. I, at this point, I was like, okay, they're fine. They're they're kind of awkward together. The two of them. Tubi's just kind of this quiet, here to do the mission kind of person. Nine S is this really chatty, talky, nice kind of robot guy. He's got. But I usually things. like. I can usually like nice chatty guys, but Nine S is meh. He is dull. He's a Boy Scout. I don't care for him right now. He's don't, don't worry. You'll, I'm not saying you'll like him a lot by the end of the game, but there's there's more. You'll you'll get more to him later. Stay tuned. There was one boss fight that I at the amusement park that I really liked, oh, and, yeah. but I are I knew of their existence because I have their boss theme planned for an eventual D and D encounter. Mm-hmm. So I've already known of that boss's existence. And once I heard the music, I was like, yep, this is so-and-so's that theme that I'm going to use for D&D. I really like that boss fight. That's the only time the game had me actively engaged in what was happening. And I was not tired at all. And I had a smirk on my face and I was having fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not li- yeah, I'm not liking your automata so far. I'm not going to sugarcoat it with you, but I'm, go- I'm going to beat it. I'm going to do these endings. Mm-hmm. Right now, I do not like your automata. I, I will we'll have to just keep keep checking in on this. I think you'll like it more by the end of it. I think so, too. I think I don't know if saying you'll appreciate everything it's doing and that's OK, but I, I don't think it'll be putting you to sleep by the end of the game. I okay. think maybe by the time you roll credits, you'll still have a lot of questions about like what has happened or what is happening even. But that's fine, I think, because some of it is not uh super direct but i don't think you won't miss any of the endings it, it is going to be linear for you then other than near it's just apex halo wars 2 so that's it for my week all right i'll dive into my stuff then so i have now a f- I have elden ring i'm gonna start there i've gotten the platinum i've beaten elden ring three times now what yes did, I had did, to get three endings. Did you uh? Did you have to do any chicanery to do that, or was it just that easy for you to like mainline it in New Game Plus? I, New Game Plus was not much harder. I I finished the game. I think at like level one hundred ninety six. The third time is where I was at. Uh, 
the second playthrough, I, I, knowing where to go, I felt so powerful, just like running to all the spots I need to go. Like, okay, I need to kill this many bosses. I need to get these items to get to this area and just jet through. Like, I can just run past all the enemies. I just have to get to these bosses and bam. Or I, for certain endings, like I just got to do this, that side quest, be here at the right time uh, and then finish the game. And then by the time for the third ending, like the like the neutral ending, that's like the easiest to get was the one I saved for last. I just blasted through the game in two hours and just finished everything. Two hours. And that felt awesome, too. Yeah. Two hours I got from start to finish in Elden Ring. Now, that two hours, does it require you to to take on like every mainline boss, whoever those would be considered? No, because like the first playthrough, like if you go in not knowing anything about the game, you're not even sure, like, what do you need to do to finish? But by the time I've gone through it once, I know all the things that I have to do. And it's a lot less than you might think uh, you need to do, like because you're still going through it. I'm not going to go into specifics, but like I feel like even at this point, I know you've done more than you've needed to. Like a lot of things you might think are uh, mandatory are optional, Uh, which for better or worse, I don't know how everyone would feel about that. I think it's cool trying to figure out that that you need these things, maybe. Or need to fight certain bosses, even though you don't. Or not all of them, at least. Uh, it can be okay, depending on how you want to approach it. Uh, but I still had a lot of fun just blasting through it, at least. Like, going back to Stormvale and just like, yeah, I'm just going to run directly to the boss. Like I, I know exactly where I need to go. I'll go through the main gate and nothing will hit me because I know where everything's going to be. Kill the boss in like five hits, bam, onto the next one. That does sound just so powerful. pretty fun. <laughs> I feel like a pre- I feel I felt like a speedrunner going through Elden Ring like this, even though speedrunners have it down to like 18 minutes. They've beat the game now. Oh my God. Yeah. Like there there's not too much you need to do to beat the game. Honestly, it feels like just going to the castle, like in Breath of the Wild, where you're just going to Ganon just like I don't have to do a lot of these things I'm just going to streamline it to the end here and I know what I'm doing not like Outer Wilds where it's like figuring out what you need to do like there's definitely steps along the way uh, uh, that you need to do to just to finish the game like there's bosses that aren't mandatory you have to get across but uh, I'm happy to be done like I said last week uh, I, I'm somehow simultaneously feeling kind of burnt out from Elden Ring everywhere but I'm always happy to watch someone else play Elden Ring or talk about Elden Ring because it's just a really fun game. I love hearing what other kind of builds people are going for. Unless if you're using like the Blood Katanas and I don't want to hear about it. I've heard enough about them. If you try to invade anybody, they're always using that weapon. I'm bored of it. Um, Let's try something else, everybody. Unfortunately, that is my build because I'm a samurai, but I'm, I'm not right. paying too much attention to the culture around it. I'm not even... What I do is I use that Moonveil weapon, which is still considered like one of the best in the game. I'm pretty sure, which is a katana. Mm-hmm. And does uh, it bleed? It does. does it it does bleed. Um, okay. Not that's not the katana I'm running into. At least that, so you're good. That I, is. I'm not uh, calling you out. That's about like 50 bleed, I think. But I do have I dual wield it with a uh, Nagikaba, which is a really long katana, and I put. Oh. I put a bloody slash on it, which raised its bleed up to like 73 or 74, I think. So mm-hmm. I, I do have my own version of a blood katana. I'm, I assume the one that you're talking about gets even more than that because I've heard that that build is like super overpowered. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it is. I honestly don't know what sword it is. I'm just sick of people. I, I, if I invade someone, it's a group of three people. They're dual wielding that katana. It's like, okay, you you basically have the same amount of reach as my spear does, and I don't get to do that. I mean, I have I use a uh, Vike's great spear. I think is what it is, which just causes people to go mad. It causes madness, which is arguably just as bad if I get the hits. And like, if you go mad, you're dead. That's it. And I at New Game Plus, I got a second spear, so like I just dual wield that legendary spear. Wow! And basically, if I get enough hits, and like I'll just make someone go crazy. So I'm not gonna say it's hypocritical, but like both very strong builds where just enough hits will kill people. But that's really what the PvP is. It is strategically just getting the first two or three hits in that you need to kill somebody. That's just the name of the game. How many uh, did you do the math? On... Oh wait, no, it's all one save file. So do you know how it many hours? Um, I think I was close to 190 something. Wow. It was almost 200 hours in Elden Ring over the past one. So reasonably burnt out, I think. I think no one was going to hear that number and be like, oh, man, you could play a little bit more. Like, no, nah, I've got my fill for now. Are, are you I'd sure you don't want to hit 200? There is a side quest I heard about that I'm so sad I didn't do. Uh, a couple of side quests actually that I heard about because I'm at the point where I'm just like I hear someone talk about something in Eldering I've not done I want them to spill the beans like I'm not going to go back and see it at this point I just yeah. want to know all the stuff that I missed whether it's a cool weapon or side quests or things with uh, NPCs I could have done that I didn't realize I could have done uh, have you met Bach at all I think his name is I don't think so Okay. yeah I, I'm almost positive I haven't okay. should I have I only just learned about uh, it's really easy to miss. He's really hidden. He's in Limgrave, so like it's possible you could have seen him. You can just I I ran past him on my third playthrough and didn't realize what what it was. Like I heard someone call out to me, just like, "Hey, you come over here. You can't see me." And he's just camouflaged, like behind, like he is appearing as an item on the map. Like unless if you, you have to hit the thing that he is, and you just have to follow his voice and trust, like, "Huh, it's coming from this tree or something." Uh, and then you can start his quest line there if wow. you find him. And is, is it if if I say decide to go back to Limgrave, is it the type of thing where like, oh, he's dead by now? No, I don't think he's dead <laughs> by now. I don't think so. There, I know where you're at in the story, and you're like after the next story boss, I think is where you reach a point of no return. Of like, okay, once you do something, things will be different. The first major, if not the only real major one. Okay. All right. So stay tuned for that. Everything should be the same. I, I know the Ronnie quest I pointed you towards is different after you've beaten Radon. Uh, it's not. It's still doable, but like there's different steps because the Radon boss fight actually plays into that side quest line. I think there's maybe another side quest that even is integral to that boss fight if you do it. But it's nothing like that. Uh, Elden Ring, fun game though, everybody. If you've heard of it. Um, what else you got is there anything you want to talk about Elden Ring at all Owen or are you good Uh, I'm I'm good I'm still not at a point where I feel like any of my opinions have changed Um, and I just referenced earlier that I uh, am in the royal capital and just Mm -hmm. defeated the main boss there so that's all I I really need to update anyone on okay it's probably going to be in my top five at this point like I I feel like I know the game like the back of my hand and there's not too many like certain like unless if like I play triangle strategy I'm like oh my god this is one of the best tactic teams I've ever played I play Kirby I'm like oh my god this is one of the best 3D platformers I've ever played like it it could happen but I'm not saying it's gonna happen Elden Ring is pretty cool um 
but I played more Xenoblade 2 also, and I'm liking it more and more somehow. Like a lot of the things I thought were like like glaring flaws of this game, I'm thinking are pretty charming at this point. All because I know what I'm getting into. And this game is plagued with an awful tutorial and super complicated uh, gameplay. More complicated than it needs to be. But by the end of playing Xenoblade 2, I think it's a lot of fun. There's just always a lot of things happening on the screen. Like there's three characters in your party who you play as. You can't swap between them, but you also pair them with what is like called a blade, which is like a partner character. And each of them have three equipped to them. So there can be a lot of characters on screen and a lot of different skills and a lot of menus on the screen. And the game will freeze for like the first three to four chapters to slowly explain mechanics that you can probably all figure out within. I say probably that you should maybe figure out on your own by chapter two, but the game's not going to help you. So like onboarding onto the story and learning to play the game is just a lot. So playing this on a second time and knowing all that stuff is making it a lot more enjoyable. Uh, and I think I'll be on track to finish it by the time Xenoblade 3 comes out. I'm on chapter 3, I think. There's 10 chapters, I believe, in the game. We'll get there. But not much more to say about it. Maybe, Peter, every time I talk about Xenoblade 2, I'm going to point it to you. And see if maybe, maybe he'll dive into the Xenoblade series and go back to see what is going on in Xenoblade 3. And yeah. you're going to get the same answer tonight that you have every other time. I have no plans at this moment in time. You really like the characters in Xenoblade 1, right? Uh, uh, Very much okay, so. Okay, you guys have this conversation every episode. I'm putting it into it. Hey, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'm, don't I'm, throw me in there. He's the one who does it. I, I just really want to sell Peter on Xenoblade 3. And you're not going to. I'm going to keep trying. I'll slowly keep trying. Okay. Two new games to talk about here. Let's go. Uh, so there's a game because I'm, I'm moving out, right? All me and my four, me and my three of the roommates for... Uh, we're splitting up for the first time in a long time. And one of my roommates has tried recommending games to me for so long and I've not played any of them. One of them was Tomb Raider I played and I liked it. So I'm doing one more before it's too late. And that game is Spider-Man 2018. I am playing Spider-Man. Really? I'm very yeah. curious to hear what you have to say on this. And yeah, like like I've I've given this game a lot of shit, either publicly or behind people's backs of just like, oh, this is probably just some... Ubisoft open world game. I'm not a big superhero guy. It looks a lot like the Convalian Batman Arkham, a game I'm also really not interested in. And I'm not super far. Like, I think um, I just got to the part of the game. Minor spoilers. Uh, Otto just found out that I make the suits or I work on the suits for Spider-Man, quote unquote. So, like, I just got the ability to change suits. So not very far at all in the game. But I like it a lot, actually, uh, combat wise, especially I thought I, I, I re I'm not going to say the game makes you feel like Spider-Man, but I'm just saying <laughs> while I'm doing these construction battles that are like optional, just like waves of enemies and just having the ability to just like if I'm in trouble, just being able to web around out of a building like there's no walls for this event, like this arena fight. It's really cool. It's really good to feel to that. Uh, and just being able to web around in so many different ways is kind of neat. It's kind of neat. Uh, and it's not so overpowered that I felt like, like these kind of games. I always link it back to Assassin's Creed 2, where 
there's like one counterattack in that game where like all these enemies, like you can just spam that counterattack and it'll kill everything. And that's what I always uh, never really like where these games want you to feel super powerful, but there's just like certain like moves, like a one button press kind of thing you can do that shuts down the whole game. And that's granted. This is a game that came out. I want to say 11, 12 years later. So like game design's definitely built up on that and I've just left it behind. So going back to it, like, of course it's not going to be just like that anymore. But I'm surprised with how satisfying it still is. Uh, story, of, I'm not super far, so I can't be super invested, but I'm going to see it through, and I'm, I'm surprised that I like it so much. Even some of the side activities I find myself doing, because like there's the crime that's happening, and it's not like, oh, one of two like scripted sequences. They kind of feel unique. I've, I, Okay, they don't all feel unique. I've definitely stopped robbers that are in like the same building, like the glass like jewelry store. I've walked in there a couple times, but I also stopped a car. I, got, I jumped on top of a car. To, to fight these criminals on top of the car and stop in the car and the car flipped over and everyone freaked out and ran away. That was pretty fun. Spider-Man's a neat game, guys. I know you guys have talked about it a lot before, but uh, I, I've never gave it the credit that I, maybe it really did deserve. Maybe it was a cool Game of the Year nominee that year it came out. Was it a Game of the Year nominee, actually? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it had to have been. Um, I'm a big fan of that game. I'm on the record saying. And uh, I... I haven't really gone back to it, but I did start a random playthrough of it a few months ago that I just, there are certain games where I like just having an open playthrough of where if I ever decide like I have the itch to play that game, I know that I have an early enough save that it's like, I won't be screwed if I just decide to boot that back up. And that's what I have Mm -hmm. with Spider-Man. Um, I will warn you some of those side activities like the crime specifically like those will get repetitive don't don't go thinking it will be like Elden mm-hmm. Ring levels of oh my god I can't believe they put this much work into every one of these like no for the most part they're just like petty crimes that you go and stop yeah. but okay. um I'm actually as you go further, I'm going to be very interested in your take on the story because while in many ways it is like a normal superhero story. I personally think there's a very good, like human story in that game as well. And I want to see if it holds up for you. I'm curious too. I don't know a lot about this, uh, the city or the, the story. So I'm going in pretty fresh. No expectations here other than people like it. Peter, we'll any see. take we'll on, uh, on Mark's playthrough here? Mark, I've always been of the mindset that Spider-Man 2018 is the most 8 out of 10 game I've ever played. It is pretty good, and I have rarely ever thought about it ever again, ever since I beat it. So I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the game as you go through it. Stay tuned. I'm definitely uh, trying to beat it very quickly, so I don't think I'll have it beat by next week, but in the next two weeks i have to have it beaten by the end of april so that's the goal so we'll get there the only other game i have to talk about though is a game uh i was over at a friend's and they have game pass a luxury i don't have and i'm just browsing just thinking maybe there's a game i could try out if you don't mind she says she doesn't mind looking through i see hey that's a game i've always kind of been interested in it's kind of like an old gear uh, game called Reketeer, which you open your own like you it's an rpg but you are the shopkeep and Moonlighter is a game that follows in that footsteps a lot, but more modernized version. So I'm playing that. You guys know much about Moonlighter? I've heard of it. I don't. I've know never heard about. of it. the The game is like you are a shopkeep. 
is what it comes down to. And you have to go in. You do dungeon crawling in the game. You're trying to go as deep in as you can. But things it's kind of like a roguelike where things are too tough, obviously. And the only way to go through it is you go in to fight the enemies, collect items and put them on sale in your shop. And you have to kind of figure out what things are worth try to make enough money to to get by and also upgrade and buy new materials to keep going further into the dungeon to make more money in your shop and also you're upgrading the town as well so more shops are coming in that are kind of helping you you're doing business with them buying things from them uh and it's a pretty tight knit experience just designed in that loop or i don't think it's too grim but it's it's a lot of fun it's fun as a roguelike just trying to see how far i can get and seeing how much I can kind of bring out of these dungeons. Uh, and then also just trying to find out the sale. Like, you run the shop in real time. Like, you have a display where you can put up some of your items. You manually put the price. And you're just, like, waiting for people to come in. And you're watching them eyeball the stuff you've put on. Do they want to buy it? Do they think it's a fair price? And it'll tell you, like, uh, all the NPCs will have, like, an icon above their face. of whether they think they're totally being ripped off. It's just too much money. Or even just, like... Uh, like an expression where like money is filling their eyes like you are not selling this item high enough and they'll buy it off of you immediately so you're just and, and even in menus it takes price or it takes note of all the prices like at these range of like this was the last time you sold it where it was too much or this is the amount you sold it at where it was not sold at its actual value so you're just kind of slowly trying to figure things out put it as much together trying to find the right price make as much money as you can uh, it's a really cool game to try to balance these two experiences, especially because how many games out there are trying to have you be a shopkeep? I think it's it's fun to play that role. It's also a very pretty game, pixel art. Uh, kind of top downy. I think it's more looking like like when you're in the dungeon, it's kind of more like Binding of Isaac, kind of top down, where the dungeons are like all walled into boxes. At least that's where I'm at. I don't know if it gets further than that. I've only been in the first dungeon. Uh, I'm I only played it at this friend's place. So I don't have my own save file, but I'm very interested in buying the game later because even physically I can get it for like twenty dollars right now. It's not like Transistor where I'm going to have to find some. Uh, find a good way to get that game because that's like a six dollars box. Made? I could. I don't want to, but I, I own it on two platforms already. I think that's probably what I will do for Transistor. Um, I guess. Which, uh, yeah, well, we should make sure to say every episode that's going to be our April Game Club game. Everyone play Transistor. We have none of us have started playing it yet, but uh, mm-hmm. keep it's it in mind. It's not available people. on Xbox at all. I learned that yesterday. Really? What? Nope. I, it's not available on Xbox. I tried buying it last night just to have it, and it's not on the store. I could have sworn I had it on Xbox. It's possible. Maybe I have it on PlayStation. I'll have to look at that. Or, God damn it, these motorcycles keep going by my house. I don't know if you guys can hear them, but they're insane. Um, I have not. Discord is cutting them out. They're definitely going to come in on the on the main recording. But, uh, oh, what I was saying was I, I might be mixing up the game with Oxenfree. Because for some reason, those two games have always, like, lived as one in my mind um very different games like describe this game what does the gameplay look like to you i I, I don't i don't know i have no idea for i just those two games are associated in my mind i have no idea why maybe they came out around the same time um in fact now i feel like i have to confirm this uh oxen free 
One of those games has combat. The other has no combat whatsoever. Oxen Free was 2016. Transistor, I think, was like 2014. Yeah, so my logic made no sense. It was... It was 2014. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I own neither. But I'll I'll get to the bottom of it by next next episode here. Um, Mark, is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I got. I'm I'm maybe we'll get back to Moonlighter this year. I don't know, but it's a game I do want to play. All right, it is time to really get into the meat and potatoes. And while the this will eventually be two separate topics, it's all really just one big. What is PlayStation up to topic? State of PlayStation 2022. What are those fuckers doing? Exactly. And this is all predicated on the reveal of what Spartacus officially is. We can stop calling it that and we can start calling it one of PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, or PlayStation Plus Premium. Essential is what we know PlayStation Plus to be today. It's the standard... You get two free games a month, you get discounts, you get cloud storage, and you get online multiplayer. And the prices for that have not changed at $10 a month or $25 quarterly or $60 a year. Um, The next one is PlayStation Plus Extra, which gives you all the benefits of the Essential tier. Also gives you a catalog of 400 games. Um... Not day and date PlayStation Studios games, but there are definitely some included. I think I saw that God of War will be included. Returnal will be included. Um, Death Stranding will be included, just to name a few. Um, that one is fourteen ninety nine a month, thirty nine ninety nine quarterly, or ninety nine ninety nine a year. Which that hundred dollars a year looks very intimidating. Even though $15 a month is more money than that. Uh, And then there's premium, which is everything I just said from extra. But it adds up to 340 additional games with PS3 games available via cloud streaming. And a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the PlayStation 1, PS2, and PSP generations. Um, and they also have time-limited game trials. The prices for that are $17.99 monthly, $49.99 quarterly, $119.99 yearly. So this is the Game Pass competitor. Uh, they're getting into the subscription game. And I know you guys have a lot of opinions on this. I typically go to Peter first on these. I'm going to go Mark first this time instead. What what's your surface level takeaways on this information? Like generally speaking, uh, like preface like this only means so much to me because I'm so in on physical games. So like if I own like if there's a game I really want to play, I want to own it physically. But knowing that there is a catalog of old games that may be too hard to find and a nice way to play them uh, is honestly kind of exciting to me. So long as they run well, because a lot of them are going to be cloud based, which I'm not too optimistic about. But in the chance that the games run well and everything works smoothly, I think this is kind of cool. I could see myself like every like every so now again, if I want to play a game, 
hopping onto the subscription at $17 and playing something old and canceling it the next month. I totally think it's something I'd take advantage of. I think it's neat. Peter, what are your initial thoughts? I want to correct you on one of the things you said on. Which was? You said it's an Xbox Game Pass competitor. I disagree completely. This is not an Xbox Game Pass competitor. This just seems to me PlayStation putting all their services together in one convenient bundle. Since barely anyone ever used PlayStation now, if this was a real Game Pass competitor, they would be putting their games day one on the service. But Jim Ryan already came out and said, we're never going to do that. Obviously, this next part he didn't say, but we don't have as much money as Microsoft, so we can't afford to. I do not see this in the same league as Game Pass. I don't even see this as their attempt to counter it. I honestly, I feel nothing for this announcement because in terms of the backwards compatible games, they didn't announce any. I need to see what the what games are coming back before I actually get excited. And it also doesn't help that PlayStation 3 is more of the same of streamed games through the internet as opposed to downloading the games. I the prices at first do scare me, but then really when you put it when you do the math, it's just if you already have a PlayStation Now subscription and a PlayStation Plus subscription, it's just both of those combined with that $120 price tag. But I I don't see myself getting it right away or even for a while unless they really do their homework with the backward, backwards compatible uh, catalog. But I am I'm whelmed as of now by this announcement. I am whelmed. The PS3 bit is very disheartening. I agree on the backwards compatible stuff, and we can dive more into that in a little bit here. I also disagree on the assertion that it's not intended to be a Game Pass competitor. It absolutely is intended to be that. And I find it interesting that you do draw the line at, like, because PlayStation Studios games aren't day and date, it can't be a competitor. And I think I disagree with that as well. That's the main appeal to Game Pass. It is. It is for sure. I'm on Owen's side here, too. Like, I... I disagree. Like this is definitely in the same realm as Game Pass. Just Game Pass has just so many perks to it, so many luxuries. Like it doesn't have to have uh, as many perks to it as it does, and it would still be very valuable, I think. But because it is just so much that like PlayStation just doesn't have a chance to like stand up to that like level of quality that just that many perks. Exactly, and that's why I don't think they are. I don't think they have Game Pass in mind with this. You're going to see Game Pass on smart TVs. You are never going to see PlayStation Plus on smart TVs. Xbox wants to get into every screen that they can with Game Pass. PlayStation doesn't. But that's that's also hand in hand with the Microsoft streaming philosophy. The this is absolutely Which PlayStation does not share. Exactly, but that that doesn't mean that it's not a Game Pass competitor. They still want this to be... Uh, it's a library of games that you subscribe to. I mean, at the core, that is still what Game Pass is. Game Pass has a Owen, ton of Owen, would you say advantages. that Nintendo Switch Online is a Game Pass competitor? 
Not really, because those... It has a catalog of old games. It has a catalog of old games, but, like, it has very weird rules for those old games, and I I just don't... I don't think it's in the same league. That's more of a... Nintendo Switch Online is exactly the same as this PlayStation Plus. Here's the difference, though. Like... This this PlayStation uh, now all the tiers no matter what the tier they all kind of come like this but there are going to be hundreds of games available like that is a huge appeal like there is just a huge catalog of games to go through where Nintendo Switch Online adds one or two a month and started with like sixteen games like it was such a mini bonus to the online program where where it's definitely more comparable to the PS Now model where uh, it's also bundled in with just PS Plus, you need that to play online. Nintendo Switch Online, you need that to play online. And Game Pass is just a totally different service entirely, which there are bundles for Xbox Gold with that, which is, is fine, but still different, of course, here. Um, but I I wouldn't say it is the same thing just because the the nature of the catalog and just how slowly they're putting stuff out. Like, it is definitely not a selling point. Nintendo Switch way. Online can definitely be worse but in my mind playstation plus is more akin to nintendo switch online than it is xbox game Pass by a mile no no i'm i'm gonna continue i'm gonna continue disagreeing here one i bet this is an assumption going forward but i bet playstation is going to try and secure deals to launch games specifically into like ps plus extra or whatever or maybe Maybe premium will get the launch games. Um, and on top of that, the library is just way bigger than anything you're getting on Nintendo Switch Online. Nintendo Switch Again, Online. No, 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 no. You guys keep saying that. That's not fair. That's not what I'm saying. You guys keep saying the library is bigger. It can be better at what Nintendo Switch Online is, but it's what Nintendo Switch Online is. Do you but the, what I'm this saying? is also. I, mean, I guess that, that sheer volume is so substantial that, like, the value of that service is so different. And it's not comparable because of that, though. That's what we're trying to say. But it's not. But PlayStation Plus. Also, it's no, f- trying no. to fit the same needs as Nintendo Switch Online, and it's not trying to do what Game Pass is trying to do. It, well, let's let's break it down this way. Like, uh, um, Game Pass originally was being floated around as the Netflix of games. Whether you think it is that or not uh, is a different conversation. But that, that is like you are on the subscription and you have access to dozens if not hundreds of games you can kind of access to that easily. Nintendo Switch Online is not that PlayStation uh, now all the tiers are that. So how can you not say this that, is, that is more akin to Game Pass? Because Game Pass. No, I I still. Dis- I mean, no, I just I push back. I don't. Game Pass wants to be everywhere. PlayStation well, Plus does but not. But that's Xbox. That's the big thing. That's, that's Xbox. Xbox. I, 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 I let you speak. Let me speak. Game Pass wants to be everywhere. First day, first party games, day one release. You got EA Play in there. Ubisoft is flirting with Game Pass and Xbox. They want to be the Netflix of games. PlayStation Plus is not trying to be a Netflix of games. It is trying to be the PlayStation collection. It is the PlayStation 
online service. It does not care about having first party game like day one releases. It does not care about being on your fucking smartphone or being on your TV. It's just bundling up in a convenient package all of PlayStation stuff. Is it a bad thing that it just wants to give you that access to games only on the PlayStation platform? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that's not what if it I would believe you that Game Pass and PlayStation Plus are direct competitors if PlayStation wanted their games on every platform on every piece of technology with the screen as possible. I would believe you because then they are catering for the exact same market as Xbox is with Game Pass. But the fact of the matter is they're not. They're not chasing the same people that Xbox is with Game Pass. They are just putting their services together and saying, here it is. If you want to pay an extra 60 bucks for PSU games, you can. If not, there is still the base I think, PlayStation Plus. I think it's... You, you do make a good point in that they aren't like competing in the same spaces with these services. But I think it's there's definitely an aspect here of, oh, you think you might want the other console because of that uh, subscription service that gives you a ton of games? Well, we have one right over here. Like, I think that's the PlayStation the 5 is already outselling the Xbox and will continue to do so. Okay, but that doesn't mean that they're not trying to compete with each other. No, but I, I, again, I'm not buying that again because the PlayStation 5 is going to heavily outsell the Xbox Series system, family of systems. PlayStation 5 does not need, and PlayStation do not need to grab eyes away from the Xbox community desperately because they're already going to sell more hardware than them. Now, Xbox, again, you're talking there was. Uh, people asked Jim Ryan like a year or two ago about if PlayStation would do anything to respond to Game Pass, and he said, we're, "Like we're working on something like that, or something along those lines." Jim Ryan says a lot. Well, he's also their CEO. Yeah, but I—that changes nothing, in my opinion. That changes nothing for there. It sounds like it sounds like no, no, speak no. The, because no. I'm trying to let logic prevail here. It sounds like Peter went to the take factory and wanted to come up with like the super unique take when it's like, no, the no, logic because here. I've been seeing it. No, 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 no. Because I've been seeing it on Twitter for weeks of, oh man, Sp- Spartak is going to be the Xbox Game Pass killer. And I've been sitting here saying to myself, these people are setting themselves up for failure because it's never going to be that. PlayStation is not trying to make it be the Game Pass killer. They are just going to go at it with their own they're going to go down their own path with it because mm-hmm. PlayStation is successful enough that they do not need to chase Game Pass to everything that's doing. And it's not going to be enough for people. They're going to set themselves up for failure. They're going to get pissed off. And that's exactly what ended up happening. I knew this is exactly what was happening. I mean, it was exactly what was going to happen. And I have been in this camp for a while. Okay. I have a few points to make here. Uh, I had no expectations that it would ever be a Game Pass killer. I definitely think this is a defensive move against Game Pass, where now they can officially point to it, even though they kind of could. No, with it's not. Hey, stop interrupting me. Stop interrupting. Game- <sighs> Peter, I, Peter, you're interrupting uh, Peter, what the fuck? Um, Come on, man. I am. I'll stop. Uh, I think this is a defensive move because... The main thing that Xbox had over PlayStation here was that they had this great subscription service, and now that they can point to theirs and be like, yeah, we have ours too, 
So you can't use that argument against us. Like we know PS now wasn't great, but this one is so much better now. They're clearly going to try and do something like that. And also I want to, I want to make streaming comparisons here. If game pass is the Netflix of games, I think Nintendo, you gotta say is like the peacock. It's offering the least. It has, it's like it, peacock has the office. Whereas Nintendo Switch Online has its classic library. And then I'm thinking potentially the comparison for this PlayStation Plus thing will be what if HBO Max didn't put HBO shows on it? I think that's what the comparison is. Because that, that, that's what it sounds like. We're not getting the PlayStation games, but we're getting a whole curated selection that they're picking here. Do I have something it, here? Like, I think, like, uh, the PlayStation Plus tiers all seem like it is like an accessory, or like an accessory. Like, if you want to have access to all these games and try stuff out, sure. It's not everything. It's not, like, day and date, of course. But like you still have access to so many games, there's value in the service where Game Pass is almost like at this point, it's like required, uh, not necessarily required. But like if you own an Xbox, you should just have Game Pass because you'll just be getting all new stuff. You'll have such a huge uh, catalog of games. that's always being updated. I don't know how long the PlayStation or how frequent the PlayStation library is going to be updated. I know. Uh, I don't know if it was just in the past couple hours or way earlier today, but it was making buzz that on PS Now, Persona 5 is being pulled from it. And a lot of people are kind of upset and just curious, like, why? Is no, that even, even weirder detail. That's not PS Now. That's the PS Plus collection. Ah, well, OK. Well, which I, I think that's a big deal because it appeared that that collection would be like available in perpetuity, which it's only a selection <laughs> of like what like 12 maybe 15 games um yeah it, it does make sense because it's not a first party game at all so i'm sure there was some sort of deal unfortunately it can only last so much maybe they replaced it with royal i don't know that would be interesting and maybe that makes sense for its own right but we'll only see but even with game pass like not every game stays on there forever that's not too unheard of but how how sony will choose to keep certain titles active like how they choose to to decide the length i don't know it could be weird we, we don't know how sony's going to go about running the service is one thing about just how it appears right now and how it will be in practice but uh to compare it to to, to game pass still I, I i do think there is a, a huge difference in that like xbox wants game pass to be the front runner of their service like that is like their main objective with xbox being on all platforms sure but uh just because sony doesn't want to take it that far uh, to, just to direct it at you peter like i don't think means this subscription service is uh like uncomparable because it is still like okay now on playstation you also have the option to have a huge backlog of games to kind of go at if you're part of the subscription service i mean i you guys haven't changed my opinion at all i still heavily disagree with you both like, I, my opinion will shift if they start bringing PlayStation Plus to smartphones, PC, and smart TVs. Is and they start doing really? day one day one releases. That's what I need. Because if you're not doing that, you're not competing with Game Pass. Is it's that not, 
crucial though. Like, is yes. it really that big? Because that's the point of Game Pass. The point of Game Pass is being everywhere. That is its biggest appeal. Is you don't need a console. You can play wherever you want to play. That's the I, entire fucking point of Game Pass. If I PlayStation Plus heard. isn't doing that, then it's not comparable. It's not that they are not chasing Game Pass. They're simply not. You cannot change my mind with that the PlayStation just, Plus as it is. I have to be able to change your mind just on the fact that that is not the most valuable part of Game Pass. Having access to hundreds of games for just for the charge of that subscription is easily the most valuable part. Agreed. Maybe okay, yes, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know why I said that. You're right. It's number two though. But PlayStation doesn't have that either. No, but PlayStation doesn't have that. Well, they're they're touting 400 games here, and then if you get premium, you're going to have about 700 games. And how many of the? Yeah, but how many games are I? I don't understand why we are still saying quantity beats quality. 700 games, realistically, how many of them are going to be games you've never heard of? How many of them can realistically be games that people can be realistically expected to play? If they've got, like, all the Metal Gear games, if they have all the Ape Escape, the Jack, Sly Coopers, all the Ratchets, like, you got value there. Like, there's a lot of games in the PlayStation, like, like, Legacy that... That would add that value there. Absolutely. And it's going to be updated for sure. Like it's it's not unimaginable. Sure. We do have to see the library, of course. Mark, do and you think Game Pass would be this successful if it was only backwards compatible games? No, but this I, isn't like, only backwards compatible. Like, I, yes, I, it is. No, it's not. Like, they're not doing first party releases every day. Like, but but day they're, of. they're also they have what does it say adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable ps4 and ps5 games those are modern games yeah it's not gonna be day and date and i'm a bit biased because i don't care because i would just want to buy those games anyways i wouldn't want to like get them on the subscription service but i understand a lot of people that is a big deal because that's a huge that is a huge deal just getting to play those new games for free but I think even the Game Pass didn't have that. It's still significant. Like it's still a lot of value. And if say God of War Ragnarok doesn't join the the pass until two years after it releases, fine. That's not that's not great for a lot of people. But that I don't think that makes it significantly worse. Like it, it's definitely obvious. Yes, this this PlayStation Plus is not up to par with game pass but i don't think they stood a chance like they never could do that they just needed which to is have why this. they're not competing with game pass directly because they can't they don't have the money they don't have the financial war chest and they know they can't which is why they're not again like, if you I don't, don't have uh, i uh, i i you guys can't change my mind yeah, on no, this because no, i've been me, i me knew Mark, these arguments would be happening for months i knew this was going to happen for months i knew all these podcasts and everyone in the industry was going to have this fucking argument and i'm just i i turned we're finally here and i just wish that everyone had properly prepared themselves and they didn't and we're here now doing this no no, no. Like you're making it sound just like you guys. Everyone is stupid for thinking because I can't. Play I God think of War they on my are because it was never going to happen. How how is this happen. like this you hot right now? How, how is this heated? I, I I mean I can bring it down normally if we want to. I mean I can have this casual tone if we want me to. This how we want. I I'm trying to be more because you know. Well, uh, this seems like an immensely casual thing to me because. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, well then I'll just bring uh, it up. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm tagging in for Mark to continue arguing against you here because the key difference is that 
Xbox, the core of their business is now Game Pass. They have put everything behind Game Pass. PlayStation is not even pretending to do that here, but they have a library of games that you can subscribe to that was 100% only made because Game Pass is popular. So they felt they needed a response to it. Is it legitimately competing with Game Pass? Is Greg Miller going to be tweeting every single week for eternity that PlayStation Plus Premium is the best deal in gaming? Uh, Probably not. But it's just undeniable that this was made in response to Game Pass. That doesn't mean it's a uh, gonna be in the ring with it as being as good of a subscription service, but it it's trying to accomplish some of the main things and debatably the most core thing that Game Pass is doing, which is just simply being a library of games. Mm-hmm. Like it, it gives value to the PlayStation platform now that you have access to. Like if you own a PlayStation console, you have a huge access to games. And sure, it's for Xbox. You don't have to necessarily just own a series s or a series x you could own a number of different devices sure but like that's just what xbox wants to do whereas playstation just wants you to play on the playstation 5 maybe a little bit on pc they don't care too much there and i don't think the scales are that tipped in value of the subscription service like just because i can play on a smartphone like i wouldn't want to play god of war on a smartphone i don't want to play halo on a smartphone okay but a lot of people do that's options like it is options and options are cool, but like to say like it is that crippling, I think is kind of foolish because there's still hundreds of games uh, that you get foolish, access to. Foolish, she says. Foolish, Peter. Foolish. You guys are not changing my mind on this. Your arguments are not moving me. It's simply not trying to compete with Game Pass. Okay, it's not. I need, you to, I need you to play every Game Pass game on your smartphone then. And be like, look at me. You guys are all stupid. I've played Halo Wars 2 on my smartphone. How could you do that? I did with my fucking fingers. How do you do that? Sounds like the worst way to play that. But I did. I did. With Warthogs, Peter? What the hell? I I have played Halo Wars 2 on my smartphone. Can you see? Yes. Do you have a magnifying glass? No! I played some okay? I played See, some this, okay, no, 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 no. I don't know, I'm coming back. I'm coming. Just, just for the record, I'm fine. We're not going to walk away from this recording. I'm going to be punched at the air because you guys attack, like, you know, I'm not heated and I'm mad. It's just fun to debate. And I've had this opinion for a while. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Peter is DMing. Peter's DMing me right now, everybody. That he's I, he's not, not done with me. Not he said head. it. He has said in all caps, "I'm not done with you." You're done for <laughs> after this recording. <laughs> no, but if I can go back to, to you know, number one PlayStation fan, Peter David Gorski over here. Just because you can't comprehend playing a game on your phone, does not mean many people can't comprehend playing a game on their phone, and that they do. And that, they, and that they don't play games on their phone. Again, it's not just the phone. It's also on the PC. And we're talking about how it's going to... Game Pass is going to come to smart TVs. It's going to. Mm-hmm. That is the market they are trying to go for. They do not have day one first party releases. They are not... It's not available on multiple platforms. You are not... You are... You, I see Game Pass commercials 
You are not going to see PlayStation Plus specific commercials. They are going for completely different markets. They're not going for the same market. PlayStation does not think it is going to pry people off of Game Pass with PlayStation Plus. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And you guys keep bringing up the quality, the quality, the quality. I'm not talking about the quality of the services because that doesn't matter. That's not where I'm coming from with this. They're not going for the PlayStation is not using the tools that Xbox does. It's not going the way that Xbox does with Game Pass. It's not going for the same market. Really, the fact that they are not appealing for the same markets at all should be enough to signify that it is not trying to beat Game Pass or compete with Game Pass. I just don't believe that this is supposed to be the rival of Game Pass. It's simply not. You guys can't it's, convince me of that. It's not supposed to be like, like, like it's not like a, a versus match of like someone has to win. I'm not trying to come at this from a console or. Owen said to... this is the rival to Game Pass. This is the answer to Game Pass. That implies I mean, there isn't. This is an answer for the PlayStation platform of having this kind of answer of a subscription service. Not every single thing that Game Pass has to offer, but that one main thing of just having this catalog of games is a huge deal and this has always been true about games what matters most is the games sure finding better and more accessible ways to play them is a big deal and is important and there is value there but i can't play jack and daxter on my smartphone i probably will be able to play jack and daxter now on my playstation 5 and then i can hop on over to go play maybe uncharted 4 even what i can't do that on my xbox i can do that on pc now sure but so Not you're on. telling me if Nintendo... Okay, answer me this then. If Nintendo Switch Online had hundreds of SNES and NES and N64 games, then is it the same as PlayStation oh, Plus? Oh, absolutely. Then that would be an incredible service if you could just have access to... Like, I'm not talking quality. Nintendo. I'm not talking quality. See, that's where I think I get you. Because just because Nintendo Switch Online is significantly worse in terms of the game catalog on the PlayStation Plus, that does not mean they are not the same thing. They are the same thing. One is just significantly worse. But, well, you don't yeah. have day one. Pro- you don't have day one releases on Nintendo Switch Online. You can't play Nintendo Switch Online on all these different platforms. Nintendo Switch Online is not trying to market to the same people that Xbox Game Pass does. Nintendo Switch Online is for Nintendo. G- gaming enthusiasts that game that playstation plus is for playstation enthusiasts they are way more akin and way more so they are going for the same goals game pass has hold on i hear you peter but i don't think you have to like just because like you grew up in like a ride or die playstation that doesn't mean you have to be that ride or die person to play ape escape anyone like uh, someone who is 10 years old has never heard of Ape Escape can go through that catalog and go play Ape Escape and, and they can play, enjoy it just as much. How just, many of those Fortnite kids are you going to go up to with Ape Escape and be like, hey guys? Not everyone is a Fortnite kid, Peter. Most of us are Fortnite kids today. I just don't well, see uh, by that logic, can't you just say that Game Pass is just the highest quality version of what uh, PS Plus is and Nintendo Online is. Like, it's just a subscription service that offers even more than everyone else. Yeah. I here's where here's basically where I want to plant the flag. 
None of these are actively competing with each other. The, none of these are answers to each other. None of these are rivals to each other. They all just exist because streaming is the future. None of them are trying to beat any of the others in this. It's not a competition. That's my bottom line. That's where I fall because you have a lot of people this week and we'll continue to for the rest of the year framing this. Uh, you're going to see how many how many YouTube thumbnails you're going to see an Xbox logo versus a PlayStation logo. And that was going to be Xbox Game Pass versus PlayStation Plus, which is the better service when I feel that's completely disingenuous because they're not competing to begin with. That is the core of where I am coming from. I don't think I, comparisons are unfounded, though. Yeah. Like, it, like, it doesn't like, make sense to me to not compare these two things because they are the two biggest gaming companies making subscription services. We can uh, come to the conclusion that, like, Xbox blows them out of the water in every way and then they aren't very... But that's where you guys keep going and I've never gone there. You guys keep bringing up quality and I don't want to have that debate because I've never once... That's not at all what I'm saying with this. That's not at but all what I'm saying. Is that not what the most important part of like having the subscription service is? Like it's Xbox's goal is to make sure people can play anywhere and have access to this game. Sure. But like if you're looking at some consumer who is like, oh, I want to buy a console. What do I buy? And you look at you compare and contrast like, oh, both of these services now have access of catalogs of game with a subscription service. Oh, that kind of balanced out. Sure. There's different perks. And in different kinks, how they both work, but PlayStation does have that now. So someone Mark, who's like, oh. If, if quality was PlayStation's main focus with this, why have they refused to invest in proper emulation of PlayStation 3 games? One of the cores that's, of this that's service. something we haven't talked about yet. Like, there, there's, there's a lot of bad things, I think, that are about this PlayStation service, whether it is not great not offering ps3 emulation like the cloud streaming versus where game pass you can just download all the games like now that's something we could talk about which is a huge knock to playstation now in all of its tiers we should probably also, move along this conversation to something like that but what were you saying peter i was just gonna say really quickly uh cloud saves and cloud gaming is also a part of nintendo switch online as well as PlayStation, I'm just saying another another similarity, another similarity between Nintendo Switch Online, PlayStation Plus. I cloud. think I think it's absurd that uh, the cloud saves are locked behind that stuff because I don't think that's even the case for Xbox. I think I think you get cloud saves automatically on Xbox. But well, I because be that's because Xbox Game Pass is the best service in all of gaming. Owen, come on! But that's without Game that Pass. Is- well, Xbox loves the consumers. Okay, they just love their fans. They're just they want to take care of them. You're right. They love they love us, Owen. Phil Spencer If we got hit by a car, Phil Spencer would come to visit us. Phil Spencer would carry me to the hospital with his own two hands. And if he knew I had an Xbox, he'd do it. And when you wake up in your hospital bed to him sitting there next to you, he'll just say, "Games." Bring people together. I don't have to start bawling my eyes out. <laughs> and he's wearing a games graphic tee. I'm also wearing the same games graphic tee, and everything is all right in the world. I can, well, I can just leave the hospital tomorrow. And then I you find out okay. you've been dead the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, we should transition to the backwards compatibility conversation here. Um, I am guessing that what we see the reality of the premium library. We already know PS3 all cloud. And they're saying some download and some cloud 
for PS1, PS2, PSP. I think it's going to be horrible. That's my prediction. Yep. I do too. I have I don't have faith in the service. I kind of like what I was saying with everything of why I never kept bringing up quality. Well, I was like, guys, it's not bringing up quality because PlayStation is not coming at this with everything they have. They're not. And they never will because they they much more care about getting those $70 first party games out than making their own Game Pass. You are going to see, mark my words, you will see these PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and PSP catalogs, and you will have so many PlayStation diehards going, where is, like, Legend of Dragoon or some shit? Where is this? Where is that? There will be massive holes in the catalog that are just not met because we don't know. Well, I don't know. I would like to point, just in to, to add to what you're saying, Peter. Are you going to say Legend of Dragoon is on PlayStation now? No, um, when they released the PlayStation 1 Classic, the library of games they chose was really awful and not representative of the greats of the PlayStation 1. So it's not impossible that Sony could drop the ball with that. But with hundreds of games, I feel like it's hard to miss if you're going to have that many games across four generations of consoles. Like, surely all of their first party stuff from those those eras will be there. Like, I... I, I think it's very possible they drop the ball, but it has to be so unlikely. And how those games run, that's the but, real question. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, it's not just library. It's going to be what can you download and what can you not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we just look, just looking at like Google Stadia's launch and even just the Kingdom Hearts collection that dropped on Switch, like it's very possible that even games that are really old can just perform like shit uh, off of this cloud-based kind of service. And PS Now doesn't have the greatest reputation. I had an old roommate of mine, I think back in 2019, was playing Rogue Galaxy, cult classic JRPG on the PS2 through PS Now. And there was some latency problems. It wasn't, it did not run the best. And you'd think, oh, a PS2 game running on a cloud uh, save? Or cloud service on PlayStation 4, surely that could be okay. No, it, it, it wasn't. And I don't think that tech in Sony's field has gotten too much better. Uh, so if the tech works, and I'm being very hopeful about that, I think this service could be really cool still. But I, I don't think any of us have faith that it's, it will actually run the way it needs to. Yeah, and I mean paying $18 a month potentially for this service Mm -hmm. that we expect to not run the way we want it to seems like a big ask to me. I personally, I would like to be proven wrong on that. I just, I don't think we're going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, just in general, did Mark, you've kind of alluded to like, you think you would do maybe like one off monthly subscriptions to play like an old game or something. Do you think in general, do you think you might upgrade to extra? Or are you just going to keep it at normal PS Plus? What are you thinking? I'm definitely going to stay in normal for a while. Like, I really, it really comes down to what the games are going to be. I don't see myself as someone who would be a regular on this service. Uh, but having the option to like a month where I just want to kind of browse through some stuff and see what I can get my hands on and not commit to it sounds like fun. Uh, it's definitely not what I would do. I, I would do the same thing with Game Pass, actually. I would just browse and see a game I maybe kind of want to try. But I'm I'm definitely in the niche here because if I saw like, oh, Halo Infinite, it just came out today. Uh, it's on Game Pass. I would buy it physically still because I want to own it physically and I like that. But I am not in the norm there. 
So PS quick, now quick side question. Uh, mm-hmm. do, does it affect you that a game like Halo Infinite, the disc does nothing? It is a key that unlocks the digital version. Is it really? Yes. Is that every Xbox game? Like, is that how Xbox runs things or just Halo Infinite I think, specifically? I think that's how they've begun running it. I'm not sure the details on, say, Force Horizon 5. But uh, that that is the case for Halo Infinite. You you could get Halo Infinite at midnight uh, when it launched, but you were not able to play it because they did that fucked up thing where it like launched at a different time of the day. Um, that's gross. that's disgusting. I am appalled <laughs> by that. Honestly, I, I I would still want to do that just because I'd like to have it collected on a shelf and see Halo Infinite on there. I think it would be really cool, but man, that's one of the pros of having things physically is not having to deal with someone being able to just take the game away from you if your console dies and you have to download it. Like, I don't care if I have to play the day one, no day one patch version of the game. I'd still have it. And that, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter, do you think you're going to be doing any upgrades here? No, I... I need to be blown away by the backwards compatible backlog. But even then, I already have several games I want to play later this year that I don't want to spend that extra money just to have access to games I probably won't even get to for several months. I will wait until the catalog truly impresses me until I ever pull the gun. Right now, I mean, I haven't even seen the catalog, but I don't see myself doing it. At least not for a long time. I'm I'm in the same boat. Uh, I mean, there might come a day where I want to play an old PlayStation game, but pretty much nothing is going to make me subscribe to premium anytime soon. Extra is one that could maybe get me if they had like a really solid third-party lineup of of games. I could uh, I could maybe be convinced on that, but. I think I am just going to be staying at the normal PlayStation Plus benefits for the time being. Um, For the rest of the episode here, I know throughout the year already we've talked plenty about PlayStation and some of their different moves. Like we even just talked last week about them buying Haven. But we haven't had the official state of PlayStation 2022 talk. We know a lot of things about them. Uh, we know about the subscription service now. We know that they're working a lot on live service games. We have a decent idea of what a lot of studios are working on. So let's break it down to the best of our ability. Um, we should probably talk about the live service strategy first, which is something I know we've talked about before, but we should frame it more in terms of this year and going forward do we do we really expect PlayStation to start dominating the live service space is that something that seems realistic Peter we can start with you I think it's too early to tell considering we haven't really seen any of their game service and live service attempts yet I need to see these games before I can determine whether or not they are a success because look at Fortnite when it first came out. It was a 
bomb. No one cared about it. There was no battle royale. And then once they saw that that was where the trend was going, they transitioned their game into that format and then became a phenomenon that will never die. So, also, PlayStation has a lot of different studios working on multiplayer games, both in-house and second party. So they're throwing a lot at the wall. Do I expect all, however however many was it, 10 or 11 games, do I expect them all to do well? No, and I don't think PlayStation does either. They just need two of them to, to do well. If two of them take off in massive popularity, they have forever money makers on their hands. So I need to see the games myself, but I understand why PlayStation is doing it, and I don't think they expect every single one of these games and service attempts to be a massive success. I just hope that they don't hold it against the developers. If not all these guys who usually make single part, like story focused single player games, make a not very good games to service. I don't want anyone getting shut down when they're making, when they're attempting something they're not usually good at because they were told to. I think that's about the correct take, but Mark, do you have anything to add on to that? Um, like, I, the only thing I would want to cite. With all this is they had what was it called destruction all-stars was a game that came out that just disappeared immediately on ps plus like developed by lucid games let's show them respect oh okay lucid games yes they did it they developed a game that disappeared in a couple of weeks unfortunately god damn right they did they did they did i, do, I would respect that as it's not easy putting out a game everybody but they did it unfortunately did not see the success that i think they or sony wanted it to and i think maybe in line with this subscription model if sony is to put any game any kind of game on their service it would be their service games where the revenue is really not in there up front but People just kind of sticking around and getting more content in it, having like the gate in, like free to start on these kind of games. And I think keeping like they they did with Destruction All Stars, that was a free game on PlayStation Plus. Granted, still wasn't enough to keep it going because like we can look back at Fall Guys and see like yeah, that definitely can put a, a multiplayer game on the map, even if it's just for a hot second. Um, I think there is a place for that in in Sony's uh. Uh, strategy here if they want to do that but do I have faith that they will drop really good uh, games like right now I don't know I really want to see what Bungie can do for them and like how how much they can really spread their their knowledge of how to operate a live service game across different studios or if it's just going to be them that delivers with whatever their new IPs are going to be because they're definitely working on something at least one thing I think it's really interesting. I'm looking at this list that Peter made of all the studios and uh, the projects, whether we know them or not, or what's been rumored. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight studios working on some unknown multiplayer projects, including the the big hitters of PlayStation. I mean, Naughty Dog has what is assumed to be factions. Insomniac has an unknown multiplayer project. Gorilla has an unknown multiplayer project. Sucker Bunch has an unknown multiplayer project you might be able to assume is another version of Ghost of Tsushima Legends. I mean, they're making their biggest talent get behind it, which is definitely the most interesting move. And I... That that's actually the move that scares me the most about this. Me too. Because, you know, it would 
really suck if uh say sucker punch isn't doing ghost of tsushima legends 2 and they just decide they're doing a completely different multiplayer game and they spend all this time on it like what if that flops like that would suck well that's what i was talking about earlier where i've if playstation's again it's a question of is playstation forcing everyone to do this or did everyone decide all right we're all like the big dogs like you talked about insomniac naughty dog sucker punch gorilla where they are big enough now and they have found enough success that they can do both and that they want to do both then that's fine but if there's like a company a company-wide either mandate or strong suggestion that all the place as many PlayStation first party studios as possible should start working on multiplayer games. I, w- I just want the condition that, hey, you want us to do this. None of us really have much experience, if any, in this field. If we fuck up and make a not great live games as a service, do not cut our staff. Do not shut us down. Do not significantly reprimand us when you were the ones who wanted us to do this in the first place while we are still making great first party, I mean, single player games. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do have faith in most of these studios. Like, I mean, Gorilla used to make Killzone, which I mean, everyone has kind of middling opinions on those games, but it's like they, as far as I understand them, they were competent first-person shooters and they had Killzone 2 was very popular and it's well regarded just as an example yeah and they had competent multiplayer to them as well so like whatever gorilla is working on should in theory do well insomniac is a very capable studio naughty dog used to have multiplayer uh functions in almost all their games um so it's not like it's unfounded for these studios to work on multiplayer projects i just i get really gun shy especially with how long development time takes nowadays where it's like man i i think i've said it on the podcast uh multiple times before like are we really about to let last was factions two take like four years like is that actually the best allocation of resources here mm-hmm. um which is Another why I, I keep crossing my fingers like maybe somehow it'll be this year because once we hit the three-year mark with that, it's like, Jesus, like we need this to come out already. Another angle I come at this from that I worry about, and I get, who the fuck are we? I, I've only worked at grocery stores my whole life. I'm not a game developer. But one thing I worry about a lot of these developers that I think 343 is experiencing firsthand if you are going to make a multiplayer or live surface game, you need to have the constant staff to continually work on that game. You can't have a third of Naughty Dog or half of Naughty Dog make Last of Us Factions, ship the game and be like, all right, now we'll just have a skeleton crew of you guys handle updates while the rest of us move on to Last of Us 3. You That doesn't work. You need to have that same size crew on that game every day of the week. Every day. So if you're going to have so many of your developers become multiplayer developers too, you need to hire a bunch of new staff to be that constant core group of a multiplayer team while everyone else goes back and starts the single-player projects. And I worry that Naughty Dog, Insomniac, Gorilla, the Sucker Punch, I worry that they're not 
doing that. I worry that they're not thinking of the long term. And if they're not, it will kill their attempts at games as a service or multiplayer. I assume they're, I mean, they're objectively thinking about it. It's a matter of whether they're thinking about it correctly. And like, that's where you point to kind of like the bungee move where that is pretty much saying as much like they're trying to make sure that they think of this stuff correctly. And that's kind of why they bought Bungie. But at the same time, I don't think that that's like going to be a magic pill for a lot of these places. And there's also, at least I assume there has to be some element of this where, you know, if your most talented people make this multiplayer mode and get it off the ground, you can't then just like put the C team on it to keep it running. Like you need talent there talent that then might not really be able to contribute to the single player game. But this is all kind of hearsay of a lot of assumptions on our part. Maybe they have different ways of managing this and I'm sure they do. But uh, I mean, if we know anything about the games industry, it's that they're not the best at management. So I think some of these concerns definitely have weight to them. Um, does anyone else have anything on like this whole live service initiative? Uh, I'll just say generally not a fan of it. I, I understand what they're doing. I, I, I hate the money grubby stuff. I would love for them to just stay in the single player lane. That's just personally what I want. But Mark, you were going to say something. Yeah, I think there is a timeline or cause I've, I've always been vocal of how I don't want any studio to have to shift their focus to a live service. And when I say live service, I have something in more in the lines of like a Fortnite or even like a Halo Infinite where it is just kind of supporting some sort of multiplayer mode, like distinctively multiplayer mode. But I think one of the biggest things a, a studio or not a studio, but a publisher a team like a Sony PlayStation as a whole has to consider is that uh, when it comes to like a, a lot of uh, a lot of ways people play games today, it is with other people, and maybe it isn't like just having like a bunch of Fortnites or whatever is the answer there. But just making sure a lot of their games, even from their uh, first party studios, can kind of cater to that to some way. And I looked to uh, to what do you call it? Ghost of Tsushima Legends, I think is what it's called, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and that is that's more cooperative kind of stuff, and. I think maybe that is the answer uh, that they're looking for. When where there's all of these studios that are working on something a multiplayer project, we kind of like just laser focus on. Oh no, is this games the service? Sony has obviously expressed they're interested in games the service, and I think they will have some studios like designatedly. They have a designated focus on that, and we will get something like a Fortnite uh, or uh, what a Halo Infinite is right now. Maybe with more support, of course. But I think something like maybe Naughty Dog, Insomniac, Gorilla, Sucker Punch will just kind of have like that a cooperative kind of experience built into all of their games where you can still play them single player, but also play them with others. Like just going through Uncharted, but two people kind of go through the story. Uh, and maybe that is like, like someone is Drake, someone is uh, Elena, right? To the whole story or whatever. And second character is there and just designing the game around that, just making all of their games just more uh, open to having other players involved where it is not just like, okay, Sony isn't just like home of the single player gems. 
it is just still a platform where you can still, no matter what you're playing, whether it is their their best studio's work, you can still play with other people, and they have those service games. Because ultimately, it is just multiplayer is where I think Sony has uh, just always kind of dropped the ball. They don't really have something like other platforms do. And I think there's multiple answers for that while still kind of catering to the strengths of uh, of their studios. And maybe like I don't think any of us like I wouldn't be bothered if if maybe every Naughty Dog game like has a co-op option for the main story. And I they can design it in a way where I wouldn't even notice. Like it's not just like puzzles that require two people the whole time, just like back and forth. And I'm waiting on it like an AI or something like just experiences that could be. Uh, played either way and it's not necessarily a focus on that two-player i actually i have a hot take on that um what's that i think a lot of times uh when co-op is like an option like that it either feels entirely unnecessary or way too necessary and then you feel like you're like almost losing something from not being co-op or like you just said you're dealing with like a really stupid AI partner and it's really annoying. I think my, I mean, it just objectively is my number one favorite approach to co-op was uh, Portal 2. I mean, Portal 2 had an awesome single player campaign and then they made an entirely unique co-op campaign. I, if mm-hmm. they took that approach, I would almost prefer them to make that separate thing that can be like slightly more bite-sized, but I also, I'm not as convinced that that's what they're doing, but uh, Legends is a real interesting thing to do, uh, to look at, because that was not co-op Ghost of Tsushima. As far as I understand, it was more kind of like a Destiny type thing where you're doing like little missions with friends where you each fulfill kind of like different roles and then it mm-hmm. did ultimately lead up to like a raid like thing. Um I never played it, but that is just like what I kind of heard about it. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of think I think they're going to be chasing more of that sort of thing and they're not going to make it bite-sized anymore. They're going to try and make it everlasting. That's just my guess though. That's fair. Uh, the I mean they got Bungie, right? They're going to take that Destiny approach, which Legend sounds like it is more like that, of course. But I think you can still like even even though like it is really obtuse and weird how the systems work in this game. But a lot of from software games have a cooperative where it's just like you bring in another player to go through the game and it works in a weird way. There's a lot of restrictions to it. But if you could just do that uh, with a first-party Sony game, just like go through the campaign, but someone else is there to play with you. Uh, if that is a solution for them, then I don't know. Like if it doesn't hamper the experience, it's just literally playing the game with another person. I think a lot of people would maybe be interested in that because uh, I know, like at the very least, Elden Ring is really fun with other people. I've I've helped a couple, I've helped a friend of mine once, and I've no I'm no stranger to Bloodborne going in and playing through the game with other people. All the hoops we had to jump through, but that is a lot of fun. Uh, maybe not the same for something like The Last of Us, but I imagine something like Horizon Zero Dawn that could be fun to kind of go through the world and explore and fight things with someone else. 
like like I feel like these open world games, that is an area they have to grow is if you can just explore a world with somebody there, there has to be restrictions because two people can't obviously like it would be a lot of strain on the game for two people to be on the opposite sides of the world at once. Yeah. But hey, we have Minecraft, right? Not the same thing and hard to compare because of graphical fidelity, but like uh, uh, definitely I think an audience for that. And if, I think some of Sony studios could try to incorporate that into their worlds or into their games and they wouldn't suffer for it. So like if every studio can kind of find their own unique way to find that multiplayer solution, if they are working on multiplayer to begin with, uh, I, I don't think they have to necessarily sacrifice their identity here is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I don't think everyone's multiplayer project, quote unquote, is is a destiny. Some of them might be, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if we're over over speculating on what that might be. Gorilla should make a Horizon and Monster Hunter. There you go. That could be cool, honestly. That's a million dollar idea right there. I won't even ask for royalties. I think a million dollars would be considered a failure in this instance, but uh, I think it's a good idea. So you might even make more than that. Thank you. Um, one thing looking at a lot of these studios and what they're working on, uh, Naughty Dog, we can make assumptions when it comes to single player that uh, they're either just going to go straight into The Last of Us 3, they might do that Last of Us remake thing, or I don't think they're going back to Uncharted. They might just find a different cinematic IP to make, which is somewhat exciting. Insomniac, we know about Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. Uh, Gorilla just had Forbidden West come out, and I'm willing to bet you that they're going to jump right into Horizon something. Uh, we know about God of War Ragnarok. Uh, it's heavily assumed that Sucker Punch is doing Ghost of Tsushima 2. Um, and those are the main, the main big dogs. Interesting studios to look at from there. We know Blue Point's working on a new game, uh, rumored to either be a Bloodborne remake or Bloodborne Two, which would be very interesting. Fire Sprite is the big mystery studio that I'm basically I'm not willing to put any stock into them until None. I see a game actually made by them. Also, I forgot to put this. Fire Sprite started hiring for a mobile game earlier this week. So just even more confusion into exactly what the fuck they are. Um, yeah, I'm I'm confused by them. Uh, we know about Housemark; they're likely gonna make a single player game, not gonna be Returnal two. So, I say all that to kind of just say that, like, I feel like there's not a ton of intrigue as to what the future of their single player games are, and that disappoints me a little bit. Are you? Do you mean in terms of? how we don't know what the lineup is or how you think it's pretty much just going to be the same game with different paint from all these different developers. The, the second one, I think it might be just a same game, different paint type of situation or like in the case of like God of war Ragnarok excited for that. We've known about God of war Ragnarok for like officially almost three years at this point. Um, Team Asobi will never let you down. Team Asobi I would love to know what they're working on. I mean, they 
like their last game was like two hours long. Like, please be like somewhere deep in the development of something, please. But I don't know. Sony Bend. I'm not very excited to see what they do, personally. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do, but not from the perspective of someone who wants to play their game. Yes, I'm just curious what fair. they're going to do. Seeing an animal survive in the wilderness when it's packed <laughs> against the wall. That's what I want to see. It's like, oh, can he survive? Yeah, that's really where I'm at. Um, I mean, God of War Ragnarok, like, to say your point, like, I, I, when it comes to a lot of these first party studio Sony games, I'm usually just kind of on board. Like I want to, I, I'm interested in going to play Ghost of Tsushima at some point, but it's I'm not dying to play because there's so many other games I think I'd want to play. Where definitely like the front runners of Sony's lineup are the ones I'll definitely make the time for, because some of them are definitely my cup of tea. But like we've talked about before, I'm kind of tired of some of them. But I'll make time for the best of the best that they have, which is right now whatever Naughty Dog's putting out, uh, the God of War games right now. Insomniac. Yeah, and I made time for Ratchet and Clank. You know, I did just because I wanted to play something on my PlayStation Five, and it looked pretty. It was a pretty reminder. Spider Man Twenty Eighteen, made by Insomniac, the game. True, I, I am playing that game right now, but I am playing that game four years later. I did not make the time for it when it came out. Absolutely, but but here I am. Um, I I've played a lot of Destiny as well. If we want to count that, I'm like but... not comfortable counting that yet. Even though it's they own them. What? I mean, it's it's weird to think about, but it is a PlayStation Studios game now. I mean, when I boot up Destiny 2, does it say PlayStation Studios as a logo in the front I don't, of the game? I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. Um, when I go back and load up Halo Wars 1, it doesn't say Xbox Game Studios, but it's Xbox. No, but... Well, uh, the the thing is, is that I'm not sure if any Bungie game will ever be officially labeled PlayStation Studios. The, know, they are just but, owned yeah, like, by PlayStation. The funding they will get from PlayStation to work and make these new games, these new games will not be what they are without that PlayStation funding. So it's even if there isn't like an official PlayStation Studios logo in the opening of a game, it's still in my mind a PlayStation Studios game because this it is, exists. With that money this is uh like kind of the source of my discomfort i kind of need to see playstation embrace bungie f- for it to like actually work in my mind if it feels like in two years that bungie still just kind of like yeah they do their own thing but they're they're owned by playstation and you would never know then like it, w- it would still feel very weird to me but if if PlayStation makes a big to-do about Bungie being a part of the PlayStation family and they make a huge big deal at the PlayStation showcases whenever they show off Bungie stuff, then it will feel more real to me. But as I, of right now, it doesn't feel that. real. I think it's going to be a lot like how Pokemon operates under Nintendo, where I agree. Pokemon has their own presentations. They don't ever mention Nintendo, but sometimes Pokemon will show up in the Nintendo Directs. But the announcements always happen on Pokemon's terms and they'll bend destiny stuff or whatever Bungie's working on. I don't want to say anything Bungie's working on. Maybe when they really want more eyes on it, like a new, whatever that new IP is, does that show up in a PlayStation presents or a state of play? Maybe, maybe it really does, but I feel like any destiny updates, you'll hear them first from Bungie first and maybe hear them again on a PlayStation presentation. If, if that happens, PlayStation's presentations are always 
weird. We're, we haven't even talked about state of place still. If we want to even talk about that, we can touch on it. Um, do you guys have anything more? I feel like there is more to say about the studios. Uh, I'm going to make one more point. Uh, from a single player perspective, I think my main trepidation comes from the fact that it feels like we know what the big dogs are up to, which are Naughty Dog, Insomniac, Gorilla, Santa Monica, Sucker Punch. I consider them the top dogs. The main intriguing studios are studios that are just generally less intriguing. Although I am very excited to find out whatever house marks next game is i'm excited for since i loved returnal so much blue point i'm very intrigued especially if it, if they decide they're going to take a stab at a bloodborne 2 uh i think that would be setting themselves up for complete and utter failure i think they could even make a really great game and they will never be embraced having made it those are two intriguing stories but they just aren't they aren't the headliners so i i guess that's where my my source of disappointment comes from do you guys have anything more on on the studios and some of the outlook of their games um, after mark you go if you want to uh i mean we talk about bend i feel the same way as we said before like curious to see what they do but i have no loyalty to them i, I don't think i've played a game they've ever put out but i i hope they find something creative uh, and Blue Point in out tinfoil hat on tomorrow. We wake up tomorrow. Sony's like, stay tuned. We have a sudden presentation later tonight. And then that's when they announce that they have acquired these IPs from Konami and they have one announcement. And it is that Blue Point is remaking Metal Gear Solid 1 from the ground up. Would that be cool? Would that be cool? You guys are hitting on something. We're talking about how, oh, there's the, the, the top dogs or Naughty Dog and Sonic, Sony Santa Monica, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like Blue Point is the next one that has the highest likelihood of joining those ranks. Oh, like, I disagree. Gonna, it, I, I, I don't I, think it joins those ranks, but it's going to have its own reputable, like, oh, man, this is the really cool remake studio. Like, it'll have its own fame to it. But if not for I, everyone every time. Yeah. I, right. I, I, think, oh. I think the next in line and i'm not saying it's a given that they'll be there will would be housemark seeing as they just released a successful triple a game um i don't i don't know who else could possibly be in line blue point we haven't seen them make an original project yet lucid games like not really on this list here but what if what well if mark actually look at the list again Oh, do we have to? Yeah, see I that? know. I and un- I understand. There is a there is a on yeah. our document. There is text that was in size one font at the very bottom of it, and if we increase it to match the other text of the other listed games, it says Lucid Games is rumored to be working on a new <laughs> Peter Gargles. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if this is what we were talking. Peter, so Owen found, I was, I don't know, I didn't realize Owen had found it previously. It usually says Motorstorm. It seems Owen got you. I forgot. And now it says Peter Gargles Balls. O Storm. Odor. Odor Storm. storm. Odor Storm. Okay. Uh, Peter. I, I try to get that with Owen every week, and I didn't actually think he would get you with it. 
Okay, um, we're going to move on. This is no longer appropriate. Lucid Games time has passed, unfortunately. No, it's just co- it's coming up. In 24 hours, we'll be celebrating the 19th yeah. member of the PlayStation mm. Studios family. I We might I, actually, but <laughs> we might not be lucid. Oh, God. Maybe. Um, the only other studio I would want to talk about uh, is I'm, I'm curious to see what the, the new kid around the block haven is going to be doing. Pixel Opus. I also uh, am not convinced they've made a game. I don't know what they do, honestly. <laughs> have they made Pixel Opus made Concrete Genie? Ah, that's what it was. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm They're who bad. I want to talk about. Because okay, now that I'm playing Concrete Genie, I am very interested to see what they do next because they are making their game in Unreal Engine 5. That is a massive financial investment. I and I think that might be the first PlayStation first party studio game that's going to be made in Unreal Engine 5. Okay. That's money. That's Pixel interesting. Lopez is also... Go ahead. I said that's interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and again, ru- again, this rumor, I don't have as much weight, but people who have been correct in the past are saying that they've been given Sly Cooper. And if you're going to fucking like, imagine an Unreal Engine 5 Sly Cooper. That'd be are really you? Cool. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you it fucking be, kidding me? It would be a time where I would have to go back and play Sly Cooper 4 because I never finished it. But man, if only there was a way I could play hit PS3 title Sly 4 Thieves in Time on my PlayStation 5. If well, only unfortunately, you're not going to get that anytime soon. Well, maybe if there was a service where I could, you know, play hit PS3 titles. Who, uh, I could do who currently has the Gorski family PS3? Uh, James. Still? Yes. Are you sure he has it? Are you trying to be coy and say that you have it and you haven't given it to me? No, yet? no, I do not have. It. I'm, I'm asking genuinely. Are you sure he has it? Yeah, I'm sure James has it. He borrowed it originally for Persona. Or oh, uh, Peter, you got something to explain? Where's the PS3, Peter? Look, it's my PS3. All right, relax. It's if true, it's gone. It's where is it though? I can call James right now and ask him. Not on air. Well, I'm trying to prevent that. a three-hour episode. <laughs> that that is my goal as host here. Um, but yeah, Pixel Opus is who I'm really looking at, and then Team Asobi has my heart and soul, and they always will. And I very much look forward to whatever they're working on next. I do have a uh, one more question that kind of goes back to the live service topic. Uh. When it comes to the future of PlayStation, are we worried at all about how Polyphony Digital has handled Gran Turismo 7 and how poorly that is being received at the moment? Not because of the quality of the game, but because of how they've handled all of the live service elements of it. No, because I think PlayStation is seeing how severely... Say it again. Polyphony. Polyphony is getting their asses handed to them, and I doubt PlayStation is going to want the kind of bad rep for all of their developers working on games as a service and multiplayer games. So I think this is going to be a lesson to learn moment, and they're not going to try this shit, because if it consistently happens with their games as a service, everyone's going to catch on, and they're going to have that cloud over any games they make in the future. So I think just going to look at this, realize, all right, this is how far we can go, and this is where the line has been drawn. We will never, we cannot go past this line in the future. I'd, I'd like to think this is like PlayStation looks at this if they're really taking their live services seriously. They look at it and be like, okay, send in the bungee guys, like help them, advise them, help them clean this up somehow, and maybe there's some pointers there. And in time, 
Gran Turismo, if it cleans itself up over the next couple of months, if not the next year, uh, I think that's a sign of how Sony might be responding to that, or at least the studio. Another question. If it's announced that PlayStation has bought Square Enix, do we think Bungie could help Square Enix make a competent service game? Oh my god, we're crossing the streams here. <laughs> There's so much shit. I mean, they have Final Fantasy 14. Like, it's totally possible for them to do it. But like on the Western side of things. No, oh, uh, I I don't even want to give them that that pass. It's like they only have Final Fantasy 14, and then they have like f- five to eight flops. Yeah, like, they have a lot of nuclear failures, but they also have like the most like the most popular MMO game. The only game, ser- the only service game in history that had to stop selling copies because it was too popular. Can I retroactively add one thing when we were talking about what tomorrow's news be? Sure. I hope. If PlayStation buys Square, I hope PlayStation cancels the Kingdom Hearts franchise and puts. No, <laughs> that's my hope. That's my hope is that if Square gets bought, Kingdom Hearts is ended. The announcement is we're done. We're moving. No more. What if Sora I will be a happy gamer? Sora can just hang out with Kratos now in the realm of fiction. If PlayStation cancels Kingdom Hearts, I will officially dub myself a gamer. What wow. if Sly Cooper comes back? I've been getting what. Hearts? What if Sly Cooper comes back in Kingdom Hearts? I would just tell them, please put my boy out of misery. He doesn't deserve this. Let him rest. Stop digging up his grave if you're just going to parade him around like a fucking clown. But Peter, put Buzz's heart back. Oh, and I don't continue. Think you Stop know him. what love is. Oh, and I, continue. Uh, I want to get us out of here. And I think the last thing to talk about would be what Mark brought up with a uh, state of place, which I doubt will be a very long conversation, but it's a, at least worth commenting on. Um, where are we at with these things? I, I think they're some of the least exciting things the industry has to offer, but uh, everyone still lets hype take control of them. Peter, do you ever give into it? No, never. I never give in the state of play excitement. I keep seeing like the last one that was earlier this month. What are you? What do I see trending when they announce the state of play? Diofield, God Chronicle. of War, Ragnarok, Bloodborne, <laughs> Naughty, like Last of Us Three. It's like what is? There is some. I I want to say this nicely, but I don't know how. To the people who get. God of War Ragnarok and Jack 4 trending whenever a new state of play is announced. At this point, I mean this sincerely and genuinely. What the fuck is wrong with you? How are you still performing these extreme mental gymnastics? And it's one thing to talk about these games possibly being seen. It's another to be consistently upset when they haven't been shown off in these state of place because you had some unhealthy and unrealistic expectations that they were ever going to show up in the first place. These state of plays should just be looked at for what, excuse me, for what they are. You see an announcement and you go, oh, cool. And then you move on with your day. That's what a state of play should do for you. That's it. Hey, on the other hand, thought that the last state of play we got earlier this month was really cool because a lot of those Square Enix games I thought were kind of neat. I, I feel like there's always maybe the potential for one cool small game to show up at a state of play. 
I don't always watch the state of play live because they're not that exciting, but I always maybe we'll find one title that's cool. And I like game presentations, so I'll, I'll always make the time for them. I uh, I stopped making the time for them a long time ago, but uh, I actually disagree with you, Mark, on uh, basically why you like them. I'm, I'm not saying you have to stop liking them because I disagree with you. But um, uh, oh, and let people enjoy things. It's jerk. It's the variety shows where they decide they're going to show off multiple things that really show the weakness of state of play. Whereas the last one we got was Hogwarts Legacy, and you know what? Like that was a pretty good state of play. Like they just showed the game, and the game looked really good. So I understand that it is inherently more niche when you narrow it down to one game and it's not going to be an announcement it's just going to be a showcase type of thing i get that but at the same time that's a better showing and more worthwhile because you're kind of only showing up to that if you're interested in it and then if you were interested in it you weren't disappointed uh leave the hype and the speculation to the playstation showcases now that should already be the case but it's because they insist on having these variety state of plays where they do a bunch of small announcements. And then, I mean, I can't even give you an example right now, but I feel like on occasion they'll throw something like semi big in there. And when they do that, it just, I, it resets the dial again. And then it gives everyone permission to like start getting hyped for these things when they are just mm-hmm. not things to be hyped about. That's I, I have a I have a friend of mine who holds state of plays to a high standard, and it is only because after the long absence FF7 of FF Seven remake showing up, isn't it? Yes, once I fucking it beca- knew it. Because Final Fantasy Seven remake showed up for the first time after so long at a state of play. Uh, this friend of mine has held out hope that the, the state of plays always have this potential. And there was another time when I think The Last of Us Part Two showed up again for the first time in a long time at a state of play. They had a uh, Last of Us Part Two specific state of play. Wasn't there one where a trailer showed up? There was a brief end? clip. There was a brief clip where it did show up, but it was I'm pretty sure it was to announce that there was a Last of Us Part Two specific state of play coming. I give that some points here. Not the same as the seven remake re reveal, but that's worth something. That's a that's a cherry at the end. Like we have one last thing to talk about. When do you guys think State of Plays began airing? I know the answer, but I want to just because it's going to go into a point I have before what we do wrap you mean? up. When did they what, begin? Year, what year did State of Plays begin? Oh, 2019. I, right? I was going to say 2018. Well, the answer is 2019. Damn. <laughs> and the the point I'm trying to make with this is they've been doing these for three years now, and they still haven't figured out how to properly do them. To be fair, the single was- player. I will actually before you talk. I just want to say the single game focused state of plays. I have no issue with. I don't think anyone really does, but it's the general attempt at Nintendo Direct state of plays that I can't stand. I can't stand them. I just don't think they're good. Go ahead. I don't know how much merit this has, but for the, the majority of the time that state of plays have existed, there was a pandemic. So maybe that plays a role there. Maybe I, I can't say like this is a major cause as to why these state of plays don't have the coolest games always. 
but it's very possible that that is that is a thing to consider that's you all could you could consider that maybe i just think they show their hand at the fact that playstation showcases are not called state of place they're called playstation it's showcases it's true. Like they, they've definitely set up the tier. So when there is a PlayStation presents, that's when everyone has to buckle up. That's like when they're ready to do E3 since they've left E3. Exactly. That's what that means to me. Whereas with every Nintendo Direct, whether it be for a single player, a smaller Direct, every single one of every type is called a Direct. They're on the same footing, which I always love and respect about that. Again, whatever state of play is announced, the number one thing on Twitter trending usually is Nintendo Direct. Just, you already, when I don't give a state of play, you already have a format that draws millions and millions of people's attention every time they are announced. Nintendo Directs, they are events that everyone watches. State of play can be that, I feel. But, for some reason, PlayStation doesn't want it to be. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. But then I'm not going to watch. And I, I'm I, I'm not trying to sound like well PlayStation I'm gonna take my wallet and go somewhere else. Just if that's the kind of show they want to have, then they are allowed. But I don't want to watch it. I just think that the next step would really be how do we get the the console warrior hacks to realize like guys, say to plays like don't gotta get excited, please just don't. Um. And that'll never happen because most of them, I mean, like, get their engagement off of creating fake hype for these games. But um, it would be nice if we could hear that a state of play is happening and then we can all just read the recaps later. That's all that needs to happen. No no one needs to watch it live. Only the writers that write the recaps. For what it's worth, though, every time there has been a state of play, I have been, or state of play, I've been rooting for Final Fantasy 16 and a Persona 3 ground up remake to show up every single time. So maybe I'm part of the problem, but I don't think I'm going to be able to stop doing that. Sorry, um, guys. Yeah, I'll say you're a part of the problem, but um, okay. Yeah, really clean yourself up. I'm afraid I can't until I get Persona 3 remake in Final Fantasy 16. Do we have any PlayStation VR 2 things to say before we get out of here? Because I feel like that's the last big PlayStation topic. I'd say shout out to VPS VR 2. I can't wait to see you, whatever you are. I think think it's going to be very successful. That's my prediction. I do too. I think it's going to do very well. I think because when we were, like, I was saying like 2017, 2018, whenever people talk about VR, it's like, oh, it's never going to land. It's never going to hit mainstream. VR is mainstream now with the Oculus. And I think with how and how in demand PlayStation 5 is and how many people have already bought one and are continuing to buy one and seemingly how much PlayStation is investing in VR, I think PSVR 2 is going to do very well as long as PlayStation continues to support it. I agree, and it also heavily depended on the price. If they decide to come out and be like, this is a $600 headset, then it's dead in the water. But Let's end with this. What do we think the price of the PSVR 2 is going to be? Uh, $400. I don't think they could go over 400 personally. Can they go over, like, at four, only $100 less than... I feel like it had to be, like, 300 or 350 I think it's perfect at 300 but I feel like for the tech that they might want to pull off with it, 
It's going to be a 400. I have one last question after this. To, to I'm saying 350 in. for what I think it'll be. 350 for PSVR 2. Mark your Mark question. Away. Is God of War Ragnarok actually coming out this year? Yes. Um, Do you think so, Owen? Sony Santa Monica just recently came out earlier this week and stated again, yes, God of War Ragnarok is still coming out in 2022. Peter's really biased here. I'm going to say yes. I think it comes out mm. this year. I guess getting you guys to say no doesn't really change anything because I don't want it to. I'm I'm really uh, willing to play it in January next year. But that's just me. What, what, that's great, Mark. <laughs> that's fucking nice. Did, do you think, yeah. genuinely, do you think it will get delayed or what are you thinking? Like it, it's just I'm I'm having a hard time separating the the fact that that game actually is close to being done. I forget that there was an actual gameplay trailer uh, at the PlayStation Presents, and on top of that, we even have like box art for the game. Like it looks great. It's pretty ready. I guess this really is the year, but I I feel like that game has just always been like always around the corner, and then some. It does like, the fact feel that it's coming up. It feels more under the radar than a God of War game should feel. And it's not even like it's been four years since God of War 2018. It's not like this is a game immediately coming out after 2018. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been like... a good amount of time in between the titles that for some reason Ragnarok doesn't have that weight behind it that it should. It is weird to me. Not that this has any like direct like correlation whatsoever, but it's weird to me that Ragnarok is likely going to come out before breath of the wild too two very different games but that doesn't sit well with me i look forward to when all like the sequels to the ps4 hits are done and we got horizon forbidden west we're getting god of war ragnarok this year ghost of Tsushima 2 it's not gonna be for a while like i i look forward to I, I want more Astros. I want more Returnals. I look forward to seeing what are the faces of the PS5. That's my big thing with PlayStation right now. I want new mascots to be born. Wait, Astros I, PS4, not even PS5. I'm sorry, go ahead. I uh, I agree with the sentiment, but I worry that they definitely think like, well, we just hit on all of these mascots or uh, I'm sure they would say characters. Because um, they tell this, stories exactly in this last generation, and it's like, why don't we just keep using these guys? They haven't been used that much technically, but at the same I mean, time, I'm fine with using them more. But give them like, like again, like the faces of the PS4 are Aloy, Jinzukai, and Astro. They don't need to make like five or six new ma- like. Care, quote unquote characters just like two just need two new ones that's all for me I I definitely I'm feeling like the desire for, for a new IP from PlayStation for sure Um, one that they can actually like build off of like I love Returnal as a new IP but it looks like they're not going to build off it at least not anytime I, soon what's the name of the main character in Returnal? Celine could you see Celine standing alongside Nathan Drake and Sackboy in that like PlayStation movie intro? Um, in that intro, I technically could. 
Uh, okay. Because I just think she fits the aesthetic of like, I mean, it's kind of a dark sci-fi look. She has a space suit. Like it's not that her character doesn't stand out in any way. Um, if you want to put it under the microscope more of like, is Celine as good of a character or as stand out as all these others? The answer would be probably not. Um, like I was watching TV and there's this ad going around. I think it's like an NFL ad of an anime of Kratos, Ratchet and Clank, Aloy and Nathan Drake all like pumping themselves up for a game and then they're like running into the stadium. Those are the PlayStation mascot or some of the PlayStation mascots right there. Could you realistically see her standing alongside them for like wide marketing commercials and be like, that makes sense. She deserves to be there. Uh no. No, there that yeah. I could not see her in. But that's um, the next character I want. I want the next big face of PlayStation that you're gonna see everywhere because they have they've had that much of a success and they've become that beloved. I want that next big whammy for PlayStation. We haven't got okay. that yet on PS5. I would like to see them bring back Sly Cooper so he could be that, you know? I would count that. I would count I'll that. Take I'll take it. Bring back Sly, bring back Jack, bring back... Uh, there's some things they could bring back, I think, even. Maybe they will. There's the Sly rumors. and I think I think Sly, I think Sly could be that. Mark, Jack will never... Jack will never be running into an NFL stadium alongside <laughs> Jin Sakai and Aloy. It won't happen. I wish. Uh, Sly? Uh, Maybe. Never Jack. I think Jack has the potential for a total a total rework. But I don't know what Jack and Daxter D and D you kinda hold in or like DNA you'd keep uh alive in that, but it it would be a big undergoing a project, like a huge project. I feel like a lot of prototyping and a lot of pre production involved to that. So it would be a long I time. I mean you you guys pitched that. the game a few months ago. Are you guys yeah. telling the listeners that you're not currently working with PlayStation? I mean I've God, what do you think I've been off work all this time? <laughs> Are they really going to try again? I so I know we're going to end up. We're not going to get to three hours. We're close. Might just as we're talking about mascots and games they're working on. Are they really going to try to make Sweet Tooth like a mascot of PlayStation again? Or like, is do, do we need that? A killer clown with his belly out, with his hair on fire. Is that really like, oh man, that's PlayStation right there. Do we need I that? Know. I actually do. Made, I like, like very... the design of Sweet Tooth personally. I do but... too. I, I would like to see them make like a progressive sweet tooth, you know, like see it a progress, like a I'm with her t-shirt on sweet <laughs> yeah. tooth. Yeah, like like turn them into one of the good guys, you know, like yeah. like stand out like sweet tooth. Like let good on you, sweet tooth. You you keep he has driving Black Lives Matter life. bumper stickers on his van. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'd like to see that. Um, I I think that's a good ending point. Yeah, progressive sweet tooth. It's your move, Fire Sprite. Mm-hmm. Uh, BNY Gaming Podcast, episode 56. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Enjoy PlayStation, everybody. Power to the players. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Phil. <laughs>